six pack Lapidat, and we got Paul Maranzan back. Yeah, it's been a little bit. It has been. Yeah, how many have you missed now, Nora? I I don't know. I missed three or four probably because you keep booking them when I'm not available for some reason. I was starting to take. Oh. I was starting to take it kind of personally, to be oh. honest. Oh, is was that the booking? Yeah, but 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 you made yourself available for the Chris and Densmore one. <laughs> you emptied it. You yeah. called it. You I, told. I, you I said booked, I booked off work you just said, to be on the safe side. You you took a vacation day <laughs> from work. Not just day up, day <laughs> day after too. You needed three days before for prep. Yep, meant the prep. You you took the week off, um, just in case she had that. She shifted around. Yeah, but um, well, I mean, yeah, I had to make sure that I was available no matter what. Yeah. No, like, that's, that's 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 reasonable. Um, yeah, no, we because so you did because uh, then we had, we had the um, U.S. Open preview with the broadcast recap with the broadcast. Yeah. yeah, I missed the preview. Steffi Cohen was a tough one for you to miss. That that hurt. That one hurt. Um, what else? I yeah, had to, and I, I guess ninety three kilo that boys. To young Caffey. Young we was there. Ninety three kilo boys. Yep. Were um, it was just myself, but that would that would have been a crowded room anyway. Well, that would have five. That's people. that's why I missed it. Is sometimes yeah. If you got to pick and choose, man, because it's tough to get a conversation with five people. Like even with us, with the three of them and myself. You got to give, like, I would have to direct questions at certain people so they all had to Yeah, it gets talk. pretty crowded, especially when you're, you know, everyone's on Skype. Everyone's got their own little window. You can't really, you start yeah. not really getting that full face experience. And, and um, Gustav doesn't have a, a video on his laptop. Yeah. So it's just voice. So we can Wait. see if someone else is trying to talk. So you didn't even get to see Gustav? He sent shirtless pics. For me to use for the post. Thank goodness. Uh, otherwise, yeah. I, mean, I would have been... Gustav, you, yeah. Yeah, come, come on, man. I mean, uh, there, was, waste. there was one guy brought there to bring up the sex appeal. <laughs> That's right. Gustav, this yeah. is how we're selling it. Sex sounds, kid. Yeah. Okay? Let me let me tell you something. But, um, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think four people would have been too much. But sometimes, but I like enough to have a good conversation. For sure. Yeah. And, um, and things worked out. And for people listening... Hey, Paul. Guess what? What? We got promo codes now. Do we? It. What's our promo code, Ryan? <laughs> oh, shit. Did I just sell that too I hard? I said act natural. Okay. Oh, God. Um, yeah, some people have noticed. They're like, hey, I see promo codes in your post on King of the List. Oh, no. Promo codes now. Guess what, man? People, the same fucking people who are, who are complaining about the quality of the podcast. Get equipment. No. Get equipment. Do all this. But do it with no revenue. With, do it, yeah. With Zero our, revenue. Just, just by putting in the money yourselves, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's not how this shit grows and works, yeah. man. Um, so, yeah, I don't understand what we're like. Just give me free content, but don't. I'm, I'm going to be annoyed if you ask, if you send yeah. it. And here's the thing with a, a fucking promo code. You you use supplements. If you're a power lifter, even if you're not, even you go to the gym, you use supplements. So, yeah. guess what? I'll give you 25%. Hey, asshole that I am. <laughs> fuckhead that I'm, I am. I'm giving I'm gonna, you access to cheaper supplements. I'm going I'm to take, take 25% off your supplements <laughs> if you go to FusionMuscle.com and use KOTL25. 25% off all your goddamn supplements. Which, this is creatine, multivitamins, pre-workout. You're welcome. Asshole that I am. Yeah. And... We get a kickback for every time you use it, and we will be able to upgrade yeah, and the podcast. Guess what? We may actually be able to finally fix the sound quality. That, so that, you can hear us in all of our high HD glory. That's right. You're welcome. So, um, so yes, 
We got promo codes. Just like every single fucking podcast out there, Joe Rogan or whoever the hell, yeah. all of them got sponsors. Yeah, and let's face it, we're not it's really way- going with sponsors that have no affiliation with the industry. Yeah. Like, we're not giving out some useless shit here. Yeah. No, this is shit that yeah. we all use. Yeah. Literally. Um, fusion, but anyways. And then, um, and working with uh, Zone Smelling Salts as well. Ammonias are obviously something that we all use. Got a promo co- code coming for them. I just need to wake up in the morning. Yeah, well, you might have a problem. Uh, you also <laughs> you also do that anally still. Is that right? Suppository of those smelling salts. Is that not how you take ammonia? <laughs> well, Paul, I was I was well, told you absorb things quicker through the bomb. Paul, it's right. But when you tried that at U.S. or the Canadian Nationals, um, you had a talking to, didn't you? Yeah, you did. You did because you were handling some lifters and also suggested that for that. Uh, yeah, I wasn't even was, lifting. I just, yeah. I was just when it came for your third deadlift, I was you like, have... "Here, snort this." Hey, hey, I know how, and, I know how to ins- get this insert beer. this, insert this. But, um, but anyways, that's a whole nother. That's not really, that's not really the advertisement zone selling zone smelling salts had in mind. We might get yeah. a DM. Hey guys, appreciate the plug. Uh, but could we... maybe they just haven't thought outside the box yet, though. <laughs> that's right. Whoa, was that a pun in there? Ooh. Right. It could I'm be. not going there. I was not going there. Whoa. Wow. Wow. But anyways. Not what I meant. Do, I am we, know, do we know how to push a product? So if anybody else wants us to push their product, this is you're getting your money's worth at this point. And, and, and this, is, this is how you find out. Yeah, you guys really aren't used to pushing products here. This is the first time for you, isn't it? Yeah. But anyways, yeah. I'm, I'm nervous like it's my first time. <laughs> And I've overcompensated <laughs> like right. it's my first time. That's right. But um, but yeah, so we're doing a lot of uh, IPF into, walking into the World Championships. A lot of the IPF competitions uh, or competitors going to be on here. 93 Kilo Boys was the first time we had that many competitors at once. And I shot it out there to people on the Instagram saying, who should we have? And then a couple of the, like we had, you know, you get Ray Williams, get, you know, Carson yeah. Dunsworth, get whoever. Cool. And, you know, Russell Lurie, obviously. And we and some of these people we've already had on, and we will have on once again. Yeah. Because it's a brand new. But then some people, before they even knew, I said, we're going to have as many 93 Kilo Boys as possible on all at once to talk about it. People are already coming up with those ideas. Yeah. Saying, I want to see face-to-face. Have both Atwood and Kajal on here. Have both, because they both speak English. Perfect. Not all rivalries are both English speaking. Have those guys on at once. Have the 52 Kilo Girls. Have Marie, uh, yeah. Marie Sainda and Joey on at the same time. And it's not like a confrontational. 93 Kilo Boys, there was nothing confrontational yeah. about it. But it's just like they actually big up each other. And it's great. But it's it's another element of interest. You know, uh, so so if you listen to this and you got some ideas and you hear like, I want, this is, man, we are wide open. Who should we have on that we haven't had on yet? Or do you want us to have on again? I don't give a shit. We've had Russell on yeah. how many times has happened one again? I mean, exactly. I I would per, like me personally, I would love to get Russell and Gibbs on at the same time. And, and if we can do that showdown one as well. And we've had them both on separately. Here's one thing you gotta understand. We could push for things. There are some people straight up I've reached out to, um, won't drop names, leading into a competition. They actually said, you know what, I'm I I actually don't Which want to. Totally I don't want to come on totally fair. Because hey, fuck it. Do your thing. However, and then after the comp, they come on. Yep. Cool. And then I've had other ones um, 
they'll come on. I'm going to have another guy on as well. Same time, whatever. And they're like, it feels almost like a showdown, like a UFC style. Are you guys expecting me to talk shit? Is it going to be like that yeah. to build hype? Yeah, some people it's just aren't not. comfortable with that and it's totally and, fair. And the thought process is not a UFC press conference style where you're talking shit to each other. Uh, because that's kind of not really what we do. No. Well, as a matter of fact, it isn't what we do. But if you think, if some people might get uncomfortable, like, just uncomfortable with it, because it might feel like that, I respect that too. And that's all good. Uh, Hopefully when the 93 Kilo podcast drops and people listen to it, they'll realize, okay, that's not the flavor of it. It isn't a a shit-talking fest. It's actually, it's not that at all. I mean, I don't know how it could be a shit-talking fest with LS on it. I mean... It would be tough. He's, he's pretty the much the, most the, po- nicest, the fucking... nicest, most positive guy in the world. <laughs> I actually would love to hear him try to talk shit. It would be awkward. I mean, LS, you don't believe what you said. Yeah. Stop it. But, um, but no. But understand though. So anyways, when you, when you shoot these um, suggestions, we're, we're like 100 Some of these ideas are gold. And we'll reach out. Not everyone, some people uh, just plain would be like, you know what, I, I'd like to do it afterwards. Just because. And you know what, like, fuck, I don't even know how, I probably would do the, well, obviously I would do the podcast. I'm a talker, this is what I do. But I respect, I can, yeah, even though that's. Yeah, you're in love with yourself, so you like that. I, I, can't, I yeah. love the sound of my voice, yeah. the look of myself, and, the, and if, if I made the touch of myself. But, um, um, hey, have you heard about the zone smelling salts? But, um, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Tell a, me more. <laughs> oh, fuck. But um, we're still awkward. But but uh, I can respect. I got the empathy where I could put myself in in the shoes of others and be like, yeah, we're all different and we all deal with pressure differently and, and get into the focus yeah. and the mindset. Sometimes I don't want to see what other people are doing Instagram wise. Sometimes if you're leading to a competition, sometimes some people are like, no, that amps me up. That gets me going. I like to keep an eye on what you're doing because uh, it'll get me going. Everyone's different. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, exactly. I've had meets where I go complete media blackout with for my, you know, 200 followers because I'm like that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just because sometimes you just don't want to post. Sometimes you don't yeah. want to see what anybody else is doing. You just want to focus on yourself. Yeah. And that's how you got to prepare for a meet. And cool. Yeah. And other times. Other times. You got to do a little yeah. reconnaissance mission to be like, what am I dealing with? Or it, you're just going to be your friendly self and you're going to go out and you're going to talk with anybody you can possibly talk to. I, you're excited about the meeting. And not that's one how, way. What, that's how you drive your Even assignment. for the same, for myself, it can change from meet to meet and change. Yes. It totally, let alone from lifter to lifter. Like it's a, man, when it comes to sports psychology and what it does, there's no right and wrong. This is what I'll tell you. There is no such thing as right and wrong. No. You, you do whatever you feel like you should do right there in the moment for that particular meet. And in the next next year, things are a little different, and you do it a little different, and you don't pigeonhole yourself. But um, having Charles on here, talking about repeat people coming back on, I think 93 Kilo Podcast, all three of those fellas we had on already. and um, But Charles is, we haven't had him on yet. And um, he's, he's the current 66 Kilo World Champion, went toe-to-toe with Sergey Gladkick from Russia, and um, a phenomenal, a, a great showdown they had at the World Championships last year. Um, Gladkick was known as Mr. Perfect. You know, he had ne- at the two world titles he won, he didn't miss a single lift. And I, I want to say he never even got a single red, but I know he didn't miss a single lift. Maybe not I mean, a single red for one of the story either way. We're going to say he didn't get a single red. You know, sure, do not ruin a good story with facts. Sir. Yep. But I can tell you for sure without a reason, without a doubt, he won two world titles in a row, not missing a single lift. 
and became dubbed Mr. Perfect. And he hadn't missed a lift until he faced Charles. And as soon as he missed the lift and squat, his third squat, he missed his third attempts all day because he was he fell behind and couldn't catch up. Phenomenal hey. showing by Charles. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. And then, uh, so I can't, they're going to rematch. And since then, Glackick's done big things. You know he's not used to, he's not used to missing lifts, let alone losing. When he went home to Russia, he's like, oh, hell no. You know, and you know he's he's yep. coming in hot. He's coming in with, I, I believe he's the first 66-kilo lifter that's hit 700 since then in the interim. So he's coming back, and he's coming back with a vengeance, and Charles hasn't exactly been sitting around himself. Yeah, he hasn't um, been exactly uh, sitting around getting fat. He hit a 715, slight three kilo over, three kilos, nothing is a cut. Hit a 715 kilo. So when these guys clash, some epic numbers are going to fall for 66 kilo lifters. The, the fact we're talking about entering to the 700s is ridiculous. Oh, that's... Ridiculous. The, yeah, exactly. The fact that we're looking at pretty well over now, that 10 times body weight, which it's, at it's, one point was like a magical number. And, and these two are pushing each other to that level. So um, we're going to have Charles on here for the first time. I want to get... A, I want to... I want to and get, I really, it must be mentioned. Like, we're only talking about those two. But you got guys like Eddie Berglund. Uh, and you know what? Eddie Berglund is, is just behind them. Right and behind them. And um, Eddie Berglund is also... It's, it's, it's Swedish and it's taking place in Sweden. Yep. So he's going to have a little bit of extra pep in his step and for this one. And he's young as shit, so his progress cannot be overlooked. I mean, I want to ask Charles just because there's a rivalry there because he had to beat um, Gladkick. Yeah. Um, Gladkick is the number one nomination based off that 700, which is phenomenal. The first guy, 66 kilo ever, to hit a 700. Back-to-back World Championships wins. Mr. Perfect until um, last last Worlds. So he's, he's, he rightfully is going to take a lot of focus. But Berglund, home, home country, and he's ranked third. And he's right there with these fellas. Eddie Berglund could easily... If any of these guys... If anybody misses. If those two push each other, and they are, but push each other too hard where they start missing, start missing lifts, Berglund can slip in. He is not to be overlooked. And do not underestimate home court advantage. It means something. Yep. It means something to be in your home country. Well, we saw it last... The home media. We, you see it every single IPF Worlds. We saw it last year with our boy Eric Willis. Upsets happen. Yep. Upsets happen, and it means so much to win on home soil. Uh, when your friends and your family, you look out, and there's your friends and family out there. And, and the media in Sweden take it that like it's it's bigger over there, you know. So we'll see what happens. Yep. I want to ha- I want to have them on. With no further ado, let's bring in Charles. So we got Charles right now, six six kilo IPF world champion. Um, and make sure I'm pronouncing your last name right. Okpoko. Opoko. Opoko. There we go. Yeah, imagine that first case being silent, basically. There we go. Opoko. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and you were just talking about you're watching the so you watch equip lifting. You're watching the equip yes. US nationals right now. Exactly, yeah. Cause I used to I used to do equip lifting like a few years back. So I still interested. I got some friends competing in it, so I'm a little invested in it as well. See, I I um I myself never super got into equip lifting. I do um uh-huh. are you into you were I went to equip lifting you. I'm the same. I don't overly watch it. I'll follow it when we post it. I'll follow it as it's going on, like right now. But I'm not going to sit there and spend a whole day watching. Like when I seen, yeah. um, I think in terms of the U.S.'s numbers, I think they put out the percentage of people who do raw and the percentage of people who do equipped. It's huge yeah. raw, overwhelmingly yeah, yeah. raw. 
Yeah, and that kind of started happening like within the past like couple years. Because uh, like initially when I got started with powerlifting about five years ago, it was only equipped. Um, as far as like collegiate anyway, on a collegiate level. Yeah. Um, so like most people coming into powerlifting, they start from, you know, either high school or college. Um, so that was all I really knew. Um, it wasn't up, up until like a couple years after I got started back in like 2014, I found out about raw powerlifting. I was like, man, I need to try this out too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it took a few years, but yeah, once I made the switch, then, you know, now I'm more committed to raw than equipped. But um, I, I'm sure if I had if I had known when I started, I probably would have started just raw. And did you uh, like when you when you were introduced to the equipment um, and the, like the bench like the bench shirts, like the, it's hard. Like it's not it's, oh, it's uncomfortable, but it's a whole oh, other sure. ball game, man. Yes, it is. Um, and for me personally, like coming from a football background, I was like, what is this, man? Because yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, because like I, I'm all about the raw strength. Because that's all I, that's all I knew about. Uh, back in football, uh, but like I said, in collegiate, when I got started, there was only the equipped um, equipped division, uh, so I had no choice. I wanted to take to to participate in powerlifting to do equipped, um, but you know, so that 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 gave me a little intro and a little taste of it, and uh, you know, it's one of those things like you know, uh, I'm competitive in everything that I do, yeah. so like with winning titles there as well, like I I wasn't gonna just stop. Um, yeah. I was like, I can be the best at this as well, so I'm gonna give it a shot. And then once I felt comfortable with like how much I accomplished to equipped, I was like, okay, let me give raw a chance as well. And were you so? Did you always lift the weights? Because football, as a six six kilo man, that's a that's a whole like. I picture when I picture uh, football up, guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I'm having a hard time hearing you guys right now. We can hear and see you pretty good. Um, can you repeat that question? I was having a hard time hearing yeah, you guys. Yeah, no a worries, no worries. Um, so when you say football, because I picture as a six six kilo, I picture dudes football like the one twenty plus. I picture like those boys. Oh no, nah. See, I was I was undersized. I was undersized for football, man. Man, you must have been fast to survive. Yeah, to yeah. Still be with us today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm still with you. Uh, my my nickname back in football was Smoke. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, that I, I had to find the little openings to kind of get through. No um, so I, was, I, I was I was an undersized running back, but I made it I made it work. I was just about and to then, ask if you were a running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a running back. Um, and then the funny thing was like one of the reasons I got so strong in the first place is because I was so undersized that you know um, the, my only way to kind of keep up with the bigger guys was to get as strong as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of where that like you know that desire to be the strongest I can be kind of came from. It's like yeah, I'm not I'm not about to be outdone. Just because I'm smaller than everybody else. Like, you know what? You might be bigger than me, but I'm going to be stronger than you. So and, let's do it. And, and you were saying also, because I got a little bit of background uh, ahead of time. So you yeah. you were growing up in Nigeria, you said? Is that right? Yes, yes, in Nigeria. So I was, I was born in Nigeria in 1995. And then um, I moved to the U.S. in, two, in 2005. So. And what was, like, that's a stark contrast, no? Like, what's the difference between, for people who don't know, because some people, including myself, I don't know much at all about Nigeria. What, mm -hmm. What's it like growing up there? Oh, uh, man, it's, it's it's definitely different from the U.S., man. Um, you know, like, growing up back home is, like, as a kid, like, most of the things that you did was outdoors. There wasn't really, like, a consistent electricity or, like, power and, like, you know, you could be watching TV, and then the next second, it's it's out. Oh. You don't know when it's coming back on. Oh, shit. Uh, so guess what? You go outside. Go find something to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? 
so I played a lot of soccer, uh, just getting whatever whatever activities I could find. Um, so it's a very very active childhood. So you know, like oh, you can say whatever you want about genetics or whatever like that. But it's like, guess what? We were we were outside. We weren't playing video games all day, man. Like <laughs> that's why we have good genetics there. That's why we're so fit back home. And was yeah. it? Is it like? Is it good genetics? Like I seen um on uh. Netflix, there was a, a a show called Fight World, or, mm-hmm. or I, I don't know if you've seen with Frank Grillo, and he went to, mm-hmm. he's going to all these different areas of the world, and there's mm-hmm. different, like martial arts, and I forget where he went to, if it was Nigeria, or, but um, there were dudes who like were absolute monsters, completely jacked, and they were yeah. res- they were wrestlers with like some striking involved, but the point is, um, when he met these guys, and these dudes were like crazy jacked. And he was like, mm-hmm. how often do you guys, like, smash weights? Like, how where's the gym? Because I didn't see a gym around here. Mm-hmm. You guys are jack- – like, how often do you lift weights? Where's the gym? And they were like, oh, oh no, we don't lift weights. We're wrestling. Yeah. And they're like, no, but you, you're fucking jacked. Like, like, what do you mean you don't lift weights? Like, these are dudes that if they lifted weights, you would be like, juice for sure, steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they don't lift, and they were ridiculous. If they lifted – like it's if, like there are people walking. Scary. You 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 tell yourself like you know when you see certain people and you're like if there's a certain level of jack you're like has to be steroids. Exactly. No, you don't good. realize there are people walking this earth. Nah, man, they don't even lift and they look crazy jacked. If they mm-hmm. lifted, you'd be like it blow your mind. Exactly. So for yeah, so for like a lot of underdeveloped countries, um, it's one of those things. It's it's a lifestyle. Like being physically active is a lifestyle. Like. Um, most of their occupations, um, the things they do for work, this demands physical labor and stuff like that. Cause that's how it was back home. Um, so like, you don't necessarily have to go out and lift. Weight. You don't have to make time to go lift weights. Like, mm-hmm. just your lifestyle demanded a lot of physical activity, physical labor. So it's like, you know, instead of blocking out two hours to so get a workout in your entire days, you basically kind of working out, and having yeah, yeah. like be active. Yeah. Um, so. It's like- and nutrition, nutrition is typically better as well in those countries as well. Um, because you're not eating a lot of preserved foods because everything is usually natural and organic. Um, there's not a lot of processed crap back back home, at it, least when I was there. Isn't that funny, too? People would be like, oh, they do they get a, as good at nutrition because they think, like, you know, these developed nations with, you know, they, they're... But on the flip side, these developed nations are like a bunch of Cheeto-eating, fast-food-eating mm-hmm. people. It's like, are you exactly. kidding? They're probably a hell of a lot exactly. more healthy, man. Yep. No, like we eat way better back home in Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, what kind of food? What what is like Nigerian food like? Uh so it's kind of funny. I grew up on straight carbs, so like, oh, shit, uh, yeah, that's like my man here. I he was, was Italian. My pasta man. <laughs> that's yeah, totally, like straight that up. Is, that's totally, up that is totally that is totally stereotypical. Eat, yeah, but it's I true. eat freaking <laughs> rice for breakfast, lunch, dinner. It it it'd oh, be dude. like rice and bread. Uh, all the time. You 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 wash down your rice with some bread. Yeah, like, <laughs> carbs are meal, if, I, if I felt like it, I would do it. Like yeah. I didn't have to worry about my macros. I didn't have to worry about like my protein intake, my fat intake, whatever. Damn. Uh, like I was so active, I was burning through all the carbs anyway, so it didn't matter. So like um, it was, it would just be one of those things. Like you kind of eat whatever is like grains, like you know, rice, fruits. Um, it be meats every now and then, but like you know, that's that was kind of like us on special occasions, really. really? Um, so it was just like simple foods, man. Like nothing, nothing processed, nothing that takes a lot of time really to really prepare. 
And where, yeah. where would you get, and this is fascinating because it's totally different than, you know, this um, anti-carb, war on mm-hmm. carbs that people talk about now. Yeah. And if people see like some of these jack dudes mm-hmm. and from over Nigeria who like, it sounds like their whole, like, like rice, bread, fruit, that is all carbs, man. Exactly. Um, it's not I, but, what people you know, think. Where would you get your protein from? Um, it'd be like I said, like occasional meats every now and then, some eggs every now and then. Um, but I know for speaking for myself as a kid, I wasn't worried about. I wasn't really worried about that. Like I'll I'll get a as big of a plate as I could find and stack that thing up with rice and I'll be yeah. good to go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is, it, is it is it um is it straight rice or do you add something in it for flavor? So so um it, there's stuff added to it for flavor, you know, like various spices. Um you can eat it with like a some type of stew of some sort, like a tomato paste stew. Yeah. Um oh, damn, I'm um there's there's all kinds of different ways that, you know, every every country has like different ways that they make rice, but you know, you add your little spices that you have available. But um, you know, even the, the spices aren't really, they're not protein sources. Yeah, know? no. Um, flavor, no. So, yeah, so, yeah, it's every, if my, if, you know, you had the money, you had the um, resources to have, like, you know, meats and, like, protein sources, then, you know, awesome job, great for you. But most people couldn't really afford that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just, like, basics. Carbs are the cheapest thing to buy and eat. So even, even here in America, the same thing. And, and in terms of life over there, um, you mm-hmm. mentioned like if you had money, you could get this, that, and the other. Maybe electricity wasn't around, but mm-hmm. because you're growing up in there, did you feel like oh we can't afford this? We don't have electricity, and you you might be aware that like the U.S. would have mm-hmm. like 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 grocery stores full of whatever the hell you could even think of, and all mm-hmm. this electricity, Wi-Fi. But because you grew, you're growing up in Nigeria. <laughs> Wi-Fi. Did it, I didn't know about Wi-Fi back then. But yeah. Like, <laughs> so, so did it even bother you? Did you even think twice no. about it? Like you were just happy. You're just like whatever. Exactly. And I was happy because you know you, you can't miss something you never had. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So yeah. like that that was a normal lifestyle. You expect the electricity to get cut every few days. Uh, you know, if you're if you're lucky, you have the money. You have like a backup generator to uh, like you fill it up with gas and it like powers your entire house. Yeah. But like I said, not everybody could afford stuff like that. So I was fortunate that um, some of the family members I have that I, that I live with could afford stuff like that. Um, but there were times that, you know, you were short. And uh, you kind of have to kind of manage to get by however you could. Like, you know, like those hot hot days. Like, you know, open the windows. Like, <laughs> go out. You go out. Go take a cold shower or something. Like, yeah. to, to cool you down. But, like, you know, it, it, we didn't leave. We didn't, we didn't really live in, like, luxury. I guess to put it that way. So and then, but that was normal. So like, it's not like I was thinking like, oh, I wish I had AC. Oh, I wish I had Wi-Fi. Hell no. It's like I just go outside, like be some buddies, and like just go be active, go do something fun, man. So that was like it, normal. It is interesting you say that because I, I get um, if you never had it. Although, um, like I often now, and I, I I tell myself like I got it good. I tell myself like I remind myself you're good, you're comfortable, relax. But sometimes I do think about, I wish I had this, that, and the other. That's, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a North American... That's a North American Western culture thing, though, I think. Do you think... Because we're, well, we're, we're such so, consumers. Well, yeah, exactly. We're such okay. a consumer society, and we're so inundated with... I'm non, always telling myself, I wish... stop advertisement, right? Like, like, do you guys... like? Um, because you got a taste of both. Mm-hmm. While in Nigeria, 
Is it just a different, like, um, a different feel? Like, how much different is it over here in North America? Because you, like, I don't have a lot of sh- Like, I, I'm comfortable. But there's so mm-hmm. much times where I'm like, I wish I had this, I wish I had that. I'd be, yeah. I'd be better off with. So, I mean, I guess I haven't been since I moved to the U.S. I haven't been back to the, um, to Nigeria. So, like, I'm a little I'm a little outdated, I guess. But, uh, I mean, when I was there, it's one of those things. There's always going to be, like, a, um, there's always going to be disparities as far as, like, you know, the more wealthy and, you know, less wealthy. So you're, you're going to have those, you're going to see those people and have those friends that have a little more than you do. So you do get, to, you do experience that, oh, I wish I had that. Yeah. But it wasn't such, it wasn't so, like, you know, it was, but even the things that they had, you know, they still kind of had to, you still, they still have to live by the same rules that we did. Like I said, like, if electricity is gone, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they still have to come outside with you and go find some fun and random to do and keep, just keep busy. But, um, you know, so, yeah, you still experience some of that. But as far as, like, trying to compare it how I felt then um, and now, knowing what I have in the U.S., I couldn't really make a comparison because I didn't really know how good it was um, in the U.S., so like you know like I was I was content with what I had basically uh, because that was all I knew. But like you know besides like you know I was and I was a little kid. Don't forget that I was under ten years old. Yeah. So kids 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 want everything. Uh, it's so true. Just, you know, oh you know I want this I want that. Yeah. But at the end of the day like I wasn't like unhappy because like you know as far as what I as far as I knew we were okay. You know I had a roof over my head. I had food on the plate. Yeah. You, know, you know so I, I was taken care of. Um, but not, but now living in the U S I was like, Oh no, I was like, I can never, I was like, I don't know how I survived. Right I was about then. to like, ask you, <laughs> I was about to ask you if you think you could go back. Could you go back to that life? Cause you know what they say? They said there are more like, like suicide rates in, in, in Western worlds far higher, you know, over mm-hmm. here, like, like North America, Europe and stuff far higher than, um, nations that are quote unquote underdeveloped. You know, and depression rates, etc., far higher over here, despite having like abundance of like resources and having access. So it's—I don't know if it makes you happier, but you can't go back. It's true. Once you get it, it's hard to go back. Even if, even if you know this, even if I told you or you told me you will be happier, I'd be like, nah, I still don't think I'll do it. You know what I mean? I don't know what the fuck it is. Do you think you couldn't go back, or do you think it would just be an adjustment? Period? Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Okay. Pause for a second. Can, can you guys hear me? Yep. Okay. All right. I can hear you guys a little bit now. Okay. Go okay. ahead. Yeah. I, I got. The, I got the gist of most of what you said. Yeah. Now. Like we're uh-huh. just talking about how like I th- could you go like you know you say you can't go back although I'm just gonna repeat it. Yeah. Although um in North America Western nations depression rates suicide rates far higher. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even though you know that and and you and a lot of indications that. The simpler, you know, stripping down this wanting to increase assets like things, material things, doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. make you make you happier. You still can't give up those things once you have them. It's very difficult. And you yeah. were about to say. Well, I was going to say, I think it's more like I think you can go back, but I think it's more like dealing with an addiction or something like that now. Right. Yeah. 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 There's a certain amount of detox period you got to go through. Like if you go to like camping or whatever, you go out in the wilderness, get rid of Wi-Fi, get rid of running electricity oh, and all that shit. Oh Jesus! Access. It's like get rid of access. That that, first, that first day is always just a complete shock on the system. You're wondering what the hell you're gonna do. Yeah, and you slowly come to terms with it. So I it, think it's gonna be. I feel it could be the same, but it's funny. With call that it, said, I'm not getting up Wi-Fi or anything. It's funny you see. It is like an addiction. Yeah, it is like. Hey guys, y'all, y'all's line is very staticky right now. Really? I we got you yeah. the whole time. <laughs> we we. What was that? 
We got you the whole time. You're good on our end the whole time. Okay, so maybe it's on me. Maybe it's me on my end. Um, but it's pretty staticky right now. Um, you guys can hear me perfectly fine, no problem. Oh yeah, hear yep. you, see you the whole time. Yeah. Oh dang. <laughs> Is it? Are you on Wi-Fi or data? It might be. Um, I mean, right now I have full bars, but. Hmm. Let me see. You might be a. Uh, you want to just try calling? Yeah, back? still, still static. Still static. Yeah, I'll call you back in one second. Then, how's that sound? Okay, let's let's try that. Let's, let's try do that. that. Let's do that. Thank you. No worries. But, um, okay. We were just saying how, uh, yeah, like Paul was saying, how it's probably it, it's almost like um, an addiction to the new the new stuff we have. Even if you're told, hey, look it, you know, you could be happy happier, the simple life. You don't need all these things. Like, fuck, there's no going back. Because we're so used to it. I couldn't yeah, give up. Exactly. It'd be like giving up smoking. Yeah. Or, you know, how, in your how, case... Well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 in your case, the gay porn. Yeah. Access to gay porn. I, mean, yeah. um, I was going to say gentlemen, but... Gentlemen. But um, how was it... So coming from Nigeria, from, from the life you had, and stepping off the plane to, to the U.S., how mm. big of a shot did you... Like, how was your English at the time? So luckily, we you know we spoke English back in Nigeria as like our main national language. Okay, that's good. Um, that's yeah, because we were colonized by the British, so in school we were forced to learn English. Um, so my English was good, but you know, even now I think I still have a little bit of an accent. But um, you know, I had my I had a I spoke certain words you know differently than Americans did because even here in America, every little um, part of America has like certain um, yeah. accents and certain ways to say different things. Like, you know, down in Texas, they have a Texas accent. Hell yeah. So, you know, so, you know, I, you know I'll go to school, I'll talk to people and I'll say certain things and they're like, wait, they're like, wait, what? What are you saying? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, damn, did I say that wrong? So like, I was kind of, I was pretty conscious as a kid about, you know, um, the way I would pronounce things and um, having a reading class in front of everybody, stuff like that. That was always scary. Yeah. Um, so and also like just the size of like for example the cities in the U.S. as composed as um, compared to the um, Nigeria was completely different. Back in Nigeria, you had like smaller, smaller cities, um, smaller cities, smaller villages, stuff like that. Um, but then you know it comes to the U.S. I was just like, oh man, this is kind of it was kind of overwhelming, man. And I moved to a big city too, um, in Dallas. So yeah. um, so it, it was a huge culture shock, man. And then like just being exposed to all these different nationalities as well. Because uh, in Nigeria, it's like it was basically all um, it was basically mainly Nigerians um, in Nigeria. Um, I hadn't really been exposed to like Caucasians and like Latin Americans, South American stuff like that. So it was just a huge like melting pot of just like things, of just like things I have never been exposed to. It was it was a lot. It was big, and um, you know, and like you know, that's another thing that's like in America, everybody's pretty culture culturally like aware, sensitive. Like you know, some things are affect uh, will be offensive to others, some may not. As a kid, I didn't know these things. I wasn't, I wasn't like, you know, I was like, uh, so I would say certain things. I would get in trouble in school all the time. I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm from Nigeria. Yeah. I don't know no better. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And like, you know, and in Nigeria, you know, we have these American movies, like, you know, uh, that we've seen, like, they're throwing the F-bombs around, like, you know, stuff like that. Like, oh, oh, that's no. So right. I come to US, I go, I go to school, I throw an F bomb around or something. Like, oh, you're not supposed were, to say that. You get in trouble. Were, were you that kid who sees a Chinese kid and you're like, hey, man, you know a country? <laughs> How's your kung fu at? And everyone's like, God, Charles, you can't say that shit. <laughs> like, no, I seen it in the movies. They know kung fu. And you're like, no, man. Just told that. Basically, 
basically, man, I just didn't, I just didn't know what was wrong, what was right, man. Even like, like I said, the cuss words. I didn't know what was a cuss word. That's how people talk. I heard it in the movie before. So I was like, oh, I guess the only part of the American like uh, language or whatever. So <laughs> well, which is funny because then when you grow up, you actually realize it's basically is part of a. Adult yeah. language in a but, certain ways. But it but uh I know what you mean where like it's customs where you're like it's it's I, I took um international business and they said mm-hmm. stuff like um I so certain certain countries, I think in in maybe Japan, eye contact is like aggressive. Mm-hmm. If you're doing business yeah. whereas over here, if you don't do a lot of eye contact in a business deal, they think you're mm-hmm. being shady. They think like exactly. why why isn't he yeah. looking me in the eyes? He must be lying. In Japan, exactly. in Japan, if you're trying to do business and you're trying to hold eye contact, the guy thinks you're trying to stare him down. And he's like, he's like, what the fuck is this guy all about? Whoa, whoa, take exactly. it. Like it's aggressive. And you don't, and smiling is weird over there too. They think like smiling means you're not taking him seriously. Over mm. here, you think, is this guy mean mugging me? What's going on? Are we yeah, not, you know, exactly. it's, it's different. It's the different cultural, norm, um, cultural norms. That's really all it is. Yeah. And that's something I really had to adjust to uh, whenever I made that move uh, back in 2005. It is a melting but, pot. Like North America, everybody is an immigrant in North America. Like everyone's mm-hmm. background came from somewhere. So we're, yeah. it's true that like, um, I think maybe in Europe too, it's different. Like even though it's westernized, um, the reason why like North America, Canada, we're all like you, just like you said, you learn everybody's culture because mm-hmm. that's all you see is like exactly. so many different backgrounds. You figure mm-hmm. it out pretty quickly. Oh, pretty quick. So I was, I was lucky that at least I was a kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got, yeah, a, I got yeah. a chance to pick things up and I, and I was able to be excused for some of the things that I did because <laughs> yeah. I was a kid. Dropping from my, F-bombs. My, yeah, yeah. For my elder siblings, I had to kind of come in and go into like, you know, higher level of education and like into the workforce, stuff like that. They had it a little rougher. Yeah, they had to hit the ground running. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but yeah, it, it it was it was big. It was a big change, man. And then, um, when you found sports, like, were you always athletic? Then it sounds like. So yeah, I was I was definitely athletic because, like I said, yeah, to have fun, we would just go outside. And I'll, I'll play tag in trees, man. Oh that's crazy shit! Was, yeah, that's next level tag. That's next level <laughs> tag. I'm serious, man. It's, it was crazy. So like, you know, I already had the agility, I had speed, I had strength, all that stuff. And um, and like in Nigeria, like soccer is or American, um, not American football, like football, like world football, like soccer. Called in the U.S. is the main sport. So like you know, I was coordinated as well because I loved playing soccer. Yeah. Um, but then I come to the U.S. and like you know the big thing here is American football. Um, so I was like, hmm, okay, I guess let me let me give that a try. So um, but my my parents didn't want me playing football at all, man. They're like, oh, it's too violent. Um, so I had to kind of go around their back a little bit. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I started playing American football back in seventh grade. And then at the time I was 11. And um, that's when I really started um, started resistance training um, back in seventh grade. Um, and it all started with um, American football. Um, so that's that's kind of like the start of it right there. And were you, were you in terms of that, because that's young as shit to start lifting weights, but... Um, yeah. Did you know what you were doing? Were you like squatting and doing the big stuff like that, or? So so yes, yeah. so I, I was fortunate enough to like be part of some pretty good school programs. Um, you know, we focused heavily on on back squat, um, bench press. So the one thing which is my weakest lift, or I feel like it's my weakest lift, is the deadlift. We didn't really care about the deadlift in football. Um, like that was something that we do every now and then, but like we, we would skip that workout. We would skip that exercise. <laughs> Cause like we, we had like a leaderboard for, you know, like the power clean, 
yeah. for a bench press, for the squat, for a 40-meter dash. So, like, those are the big things. Like, I mean, you want to be on the top of that leaderboard. Deadlift wasn't no, it wasn't one of those things. So I never cared about deadlift. Um, and that, that re- that's reflected in my powerlifting career. Like, it's kind of <laughs> <That's crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so we got to focus on the big movements man so i was pretty i guess adept at that um, performing those um whenever i started powerlifting but i did have to change my, my technique completely because I, I went from basically rough around the edges football type technique to like okay i need to be a technical lifter if i want to if i want to be great at this sport and, um and was someone teaching you the lifts uh for yeah. like in football you had someone who knew their shit with that or um, so, not really, like, you know, especially in middle school, like, the coaches are going to show you the movement, and, um, you know, they teach you as best they could, but at the same time, like, they're not, they don't really care how technically sound you are. As long as the weight's coming down and coming back up, then, you yeah. know, good job, pat on the shoulder. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it wasn't, it, you didn't, you didn't have to be technical about it. It was just kind of muscle the thing up however you could, and um, it, would, it would count. Um, so, my technique was... I would say my technique was fairly good, but at the same time, who knows? I didn't really, I didn't really record myself do squat back then or do bench. I only care about how I performed on the field. Um, but um, I had to, t- I had to change my technique completely from the ground up when I started powerlifting. So that should maybe kind of give you a hint as to how good my technique was. I, I thought it was good in my head, but it probably wasn't. It, it probably wasn't that great. How did that? So how did you find powerlifting? And uh, when you did, how did you know? Oh shit! I better. I better reconfigure my whole game. Yeah, so actually, I first got ex- exposed to powerlifting in um, in high school. I believe it was my senior year because um, my my high school had a female team, but we didn't have a male team. Because um, in the U.S., you have to you have to have an even number of guy sports and girl sports. And uh, in my school, we had wrestling for guys and um, powerlifting for for the girls. Oh no um, shit. Yeah, so my senior year, once I was done with football, I actually helped with the um, with the women's powerlifting team because one of my coaches was the head coach for the for the powerlifting team. So I was like, sure, you know, I'll, I'll help out. And um, you know, so that was my first exposure. And he wanted me to do powerlifting so bad because um, he knew I had the the strength for it, the size, whatever. He's like, dude, you're gonna kill it if you do it. And he actually tried to introduce me to um, he tried to introduce me to Mike Womack, I believe. Um, you didn't, do you guys know who that is? Um, uh... I don't think, you know, I'm not the greatest with names. And he's equipped. He's equipped. So he's one of those, like, um, um, big, big benchers in in the equipped powerlifting world, like, back in the days. Um, And he lived in the Dallas area. So my coach wanted me to get in touch with, like, Mike Womack and, like, do powerlifting. But I was like, you know what, man? I was like, I just care about looking good, being strong. I don't really want to do this right now. Um, So it wasn't until, like, college. And when... um, you know, one of my one of my one of my classmates um, who happened to go to the um, happened to be on the team. Like we would we would like, so we never. I never really talked to his name is Michael Davis, by the way. I never I never really talked to him um, in class. And um, every time I would see him at the campus gym, which kind of like stare you stare each other down because like he was a slow strong guy, I was a slow strong guy. So it's kind of like mutual respect. It was, we just kind of walk past each other, kind of like nod heads, and then. Um, I think it was sometime like right before the end of the first semester. Um, he was like, "Hey man, you should come out to the powerlifting like practice. Like you look, you're strong as hell. Like we'd like to have you on the team." I was like, ah, "I don't know, man. I was like, I'm just here for school right now." And he was like, "Dude, you gotta come out. Like just give it a shot. Like you get to travel for for nationals." I was like, "Oh yeah, I get to travel." I was like, "All right." <laughs> this is, you know what like, this reminds me of. You know those 
You know those like movies where um, you already know what the movie's about. The guy goes on to become a world champion, pick the sport, whatever it is. And in the beginning, it's always somebody trying to talk him into it. And he's like, nah, it's not my not my lane. Not my lane. Exactly. And you already exactly. know. You're watching it like, we already know the guy. Become, you, you, we know how the story yeah. is. He becomes a world champion. Mm-hmm. But you can't believe. You don't think it's true that like, uh, but it happens. Dude's got to be mm-hmm. talked into it. Not even realizing like, man, you're going to be a world champion. Like you, yeah. <laughs> this is wait, no bullshit. Wait. Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. Alert. <laughs> I was huge spoiler. Spoiler, Come on, spoiler man. alert. I didn't know where the story was going. I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe he quit. <laughs> he thought he quit. That's right. <laughs> this, this. So, anyways, I haven't lifted since, and that's yeah. the end of the uh, story. Yeah, but yeah. It's, we're done. That's it. It's a wrap. That's, that's, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's a football player. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up going to the tryouts um, the second semester, and um, then the funny thing was like. I'm, I mean, I was I was a cocky little bastard because I knew I was strong from football. Um, so going into the tryouts, I was like, if I go, I, I like I was like, I'm gonna make the team. Um, but then it was a whole nother world at the same time because like I walk in there and everybody's doing using like you know equipment stuff I've never really used before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so that so that was a little odd, but at least the tryouts itself, you didn't have to use gear. They were they were just assessing your raw strength because they can teach you how to use the gear. Um, so. Um, so I go, I go in there, you know, and you know, the president of the team at the time is like Ian Bell and like you know Preston Turner, and uh, you know those guys are freaking famous and power yeah, and power yeah, I was say some, And um, small yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so um, so I'm I'm there like I'm doing my thing. I'm doing I'm going through like my light weights in my head is light, but you know I'm doing it. They're like, whoa, man, you're not supposed to be trying that heavy. You're not supposed to be going that heavy. This is just like tryouts. I'm like, yo, I'm not trying. Like, I'm like, this is. <laughs> if you like that, you're gonna love this. Now, yeah. What sort of weights did you actually move in the tryout then? Um, I mean, probably weights? somewhere around like either like um, I would imagine somewhere around like high threes or low fours. But like, they didn't want you going heavier than like sets of three because they didn't want we didn't want people doing like heavy singles because we didn't want to risk any injuries because you can kind of gauge technique and strength off of like you know sets of three. Um, so like you know, I'm kind of banging those out like you know, no knee sleeves, like no you know, no wraps because I was, in football you don't use that stuff. I was yeah. like raw for real. So um, so I was kind of banging those out like super easy. They they they're like, hey man, you're not supposed to go that hard. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so so they are damn. They're like, so they were impressed right off the bat, um, and um, they wanted to have me on the team. Um, and I was I was kind of sold already on like you know having an opportunity to kind of be competitive again um, because at that at that time I was done playing um, football at a competitive level because I was in college now and I was just trying to focus on school and um, so not only the chance to be competitive again is something and also the chance to kind of travel um, for you know national competitions and stuff like that um, those are kind of two of the big factors that really drew me in um, and also like. I just couldn't help it. I'm, I'm competitive by nature. I was like, you know, I was, I, once I got in there and I saw the feel of the team, like, like the energy again, it kind of gave me that football, that football feel again, being an environment, everybody kind of pushing themselves. And I was like, okay, I, I would definitely like this. Um, so that's kind of, that's, that's what got me started with powerlifting. And did you, at the time, like who was doing your programming? Who was, it? was it all run by the school or? So, so at the time, um, it was Ian Bell and Preston Turner doing the programming okay. for the entire team. Um, so like basically, um, you know, they'll just kind of run like a, a basic periodization program, like a linear periodization. Um, start off like, vo- you know, high volume sets of eight, work your way down to the singles, um, and then you throw in the gear in there at some point. 
Um, so it's, it was pretty, it was basics, basically. And even for me at the time, I didn't know anything about training, really. Um, I knew how to move weight. I knew I was strong, but I didn't know why I was doing certain things or what I was doing. I was like, okay, put the weight on the bar, I'll go lift it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wasn't really worried about that. Like, I was like, you know, when do I go lift? Like, when do I go compete? That's all I really cared about. I wanted to go prove myself, basically, in a new sport. Because um, um, at the time, you know, the, um, the best collegiate lifter at the time from my weight class was James Vang. And, um, you know, I, I had seen his numbers. I had seen what he was doing. And, like, in my head, like, if I, if I started doing something, I'm like, I was like, I want to be the best. So I was like, I actually going, like, thinking I am the best. And I'm just like, you know, somebody else is sitting on my throne, basically. So I was, like, super, super, like, itchy to go, like, kind of prove myself um on on the big stage um but yeah you know they they ran the program for the team i just kind of followed it and then just like you know i was just like point me to the bar and i go lift it that type of thing and when you so obviously uh as as equipped how far did you go equipped before you transitioned into raw so um as far as like with like this switch recently or like in the training i mean at what level of competition um, so with equipped, I went to the highest level possible because, um, um, you know, I, I, my, my first competition, I ended up getting second on the collegiate level. Um, and that was actually my first equipped meet ever. Um, and then, you know, my second, the second year doing powerlifting, you know, end up winning the national championship on the collegiate level. Um, and then ended up going to, um, end up qualifying for the junior worlds team. Won and went to my very first junior worlds and went and just won that as well. Oh, so right off the bat, so right off the bat, you know, I knew I was gonna be great at it, you know. Um, and and um, as I won certain things, you know, other opportunities we present themselves, like other challenges kind of pop up. So then I find out about the open division. So I was like, okay, so there's some other guy I gotta go beat, basically. Um, so you know, I go prove myself again. I go and win the open national um, championship. Um, I get to go and compete on the open world stage. And then my very first um, open worlds meet, I ended up getting second. I, I lost to, um, um, I lost to, I lost to, um, I, I forget how to say his name, but um, he's from Chinese Taipei. Okay. And, um, yeah. It's, and, not, it's um, not the same guy who's nominated this year for the open, is it? Song Ting? Um, Song Ting? Um, say the same game again. Uh, it's it starts with a T. Soon Ting. Soon Ting. Yeah, Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's him. Yeah, cause yeah, he does the raw and the equipped. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it's him. It's him. Oh well, guess um, guess what? You got you got a a chance to write that wrong, my friend. Cause oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have I have on the on the raw stage, uh, not on the equipped stage. Actually, I did get a chance to to write that. So, so basically, so I got second um, in my very first open world competition, and um, it was it was a year before the um, it was a year preceding the World Games, and then to go compete in the World Games, you have to place top three at open world to go compete at the World Games, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with the World Games, yeah, correct? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know that was like my my second shot to go in the next year and go kind of prove myself, um, but then at the World Games, it was by um, it wasn't by weight classes anymore. It was by um, weight category. So they had, you know, the lightweight man, you had the middleweight man, and then you had the heavyweight man. So I had to go up against, like, Fedesinko, um and the lightweight. So going in, I was like, you know, I'm just going to go settle for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can't touch that, man. No. And, uh, yeah. 
And uh, yeah, so the guy that I lost to from Chinese Taipei, you know, he was going to be up there as well because he won the the world title that year. Um, so I so I kind of saw that as a chance for me to go redeem myself, and I ended up um, I ended up beating him um, that meet. Um, but I got third from the very last deadlift. Like I said, deadlift is my weakness, man. So you know, I I, I had I had second place um, secured. I thought after my last deadlift. And then um, El Hussein from, um, I think I'm saying his name correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think um, he's yeah. he, yeah, yeah, um, huge. Hussein Belgetti. Yeah, yeah Belgetti from France, yeah. Massive. He came with a he, he, huge pull yeah. on his third deadlift. And just kind of, he stole, he stole the second place spot from me from his last deadlift by like 0.4 books, so like 0.04 book points. He, he's pound for pound like one of the best deadlifters I've ever seen. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. So, so that was a big heartbreak for me. Um... But, you know, I, I, but I couldn't really be mad because I was like, at the age of, like, you know, 21, I competed on the highest stage possible um, within the world of powerlifting at the time. And, um, and, I, and I did well. I, I, got, I, got a, I got a podium finish. Um, so, you know, I, so it's just one of those things that I was like, you know, I didn't win an open world championship in, in the equipped division, but I had kind of competed on the biggest stage possible up there. So I, I was content. Basically, we, we're taking a step away from the equipped division and moving on to the raw division because that was my first passion anyways. Um, it's just my raw strength because um, one of the things about me when it came to equipped is like I always thought in my head anyways that no equipped lifter in my weight class that ever beat me was stronger than me. They could just use their tech, the gear better than me because they were more experienced, more seasoned than I was because I was competing against guys that were like, you know, 40s or like late 30s. Yeah. So they knew how to work the gear. You know, I my gear was loose. I didn't like the gear because I was like, man, this is restricting me too much. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, I, I was content. And I was ready to go prove myself and show my raw strength and let the world know that, you know, raw pound for pound. I was like, you know, like nobody in the 66 is going to touch me. And uh, so it's one of those things I was ready to go kind of dominate in a new division and kind of show the world that, you know. Without the gear, nobody's touching me. <laughs> yeah, Soon <laughs> Ting, who you beat to podium, is a five-time yeah. world champion in, in the equipped. So yeah, mm -hmm. like you, you uh, like you had to beat world champions, you know, or just <laughs> just to get in the top three at the world games. Like it, it's a tough competition. Um, yeah. Moving into so, what year was it that you moved into the raw division? So um, twenty, that would be the end of twenty seventeen. That that was my first year. Um, and that was also the year that I graduated from college. Um, it's 2017, I believe. Because 2017 was the world was the World Games, so probably really yeah. the World Games then. Yes, yeah, so 2017 was the World Games, and then um, I did collegiate. I mean, I did Raw Nationals that year, which is in October. Yeah. And that was my that was my first big step onto the Raw stage, um, because at that point. So, like, because, I mean, prior to that, I was, like I said, I was competing on the collegiate, on my collegiate team. I was competing on the junior world team, and I was competing on the open world team. So, I was doing a lot of beats every year. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, so that was, and that was another big thing that, you know, that isn't really factored in. I was doing meets, like, every every month or every few months. Um, so, it was very, very, very rushed cycles and just, like, a lot of fatigue going into, like, all these different competitions. But I was still finding a way to kind of get it done. Um, so, uh, you know, once I was done with college in 2017 and, um, you know, I had done the World Games the summer, that summer, um, you know, 
collegiate, I mean, Raw Nationals was coming up in October. I was like, okay, this is my time to kind of approach that stage and kind of um, start a new dynasty, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so one, I won Raw Nationals in t- October 2017, and then which qualified me for the for the um, Raw Worlds team. Um, and, you know, I'm doing all this at the age of, what, 21 at the time. Um, so, you know, going into, going into, um, Going into Raw Classic Worlds in 2018, you know, I was, I was pretty excited, man. I was like, this, this is what I've been waiting for. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. So, um, Glackick, Sergey Glackick, just for anyone yeah. who's listening, just to set this up a little, how yeah. dominant a force he was, he won 2016, um, and previously U.S.'s big gun was uh, Keith McConey, yes, right? Keith McConey. Oh, yeah, so. And that was in U.S., and I remember commentating and thinking, man, Keith, Keith's a beast. But I mm-hmm. didn't realize how good Glackick was. Dude did not miss a single flip and lift. As a matter of fact, I don't even think he got a single white. And this is at the world, mm-hmm. cha- usually at the world championships, when you get pushed, you'll miss a lift. You'll get, you get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He went nine for nine, hit every single lift, um, and, and like won the world championships. And we were all like, holy shit. I, I became a believer. Mm-hmm. The following year, Minx Belarus, um, dude went nine for nine, didn't miss a single lift again. I don't even know if he got a fucking red light, <laughs> and um, and went and took nine for nine, won the world championships once again. Two years back to back, eighteen attempts, eighteen successful hits, not a yeah. single, not a not a not an attempt missed, not a red mm-hmm. light. The guy was Mister Perfect. So yeah, walking, that's kind of funny. Walking into Calgary, um, we had seen, and Keith's, Keith's a beast. So when the U.S. sent forward Keith, we were like, fuck, man, I don't know if the U.S. can put someone forward to beat Sergey. He's Mr. Mm-hmm. Perfect. He's Mr. Perfect. It's, it's, like the yeah. Rock, it's like the Rocky movie where the Russian is like, um, you know, it just seems so unbeatable. unbeatable right? uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. And I remember I was commentating saying like, drumming up because it is a storyline saying like this guy is referred to as mr perfect he doesn't make mistakes two-time world champion we've never seen him falter and you and him went toe to toe and for the very first time when when it it was like i don't want to oversell it but i i swear to god when he missed it was almost like a holy (sighs) shit moment yeah it was like i'd never seen a guy get a red let alone the guy miss a lift we it, we were like, oh, my God. And I remember I couldn't help but say, could it be the day? Charles actually pushed him, and you got that weird, holy shit, this mm-hmm. might be different. And I'll let you take the story from there, but walking into the world, okay. walking into this, because I, I, I want to set it up proper, you knew who Glackick was. You knew what he did to Keith. You knew, like, in terms of like, his background, never missing lifts and showing up. He was Mr. Perfect, two-time world champion. What were you thinking walking in there? Were you like, oh, shit? Oh, no, no. Let me, let me set it up a little bit as well on All my right. end. Yeah, you're right. My, you're right. My, yeah. My, my, my emotions going into this. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I was talking about I, won, I had won the Raw um, Nationals back in 2018. So I won the junior division, um, but I won at the open division, right? So I lost to Keith on the open division because I was, I was registered for both. Um Keith is a great lifter, like you said. Everybody knows that. He's phenomenal. Um, So that loss to Keith um, on the open division, like that, that was a painful one 
for me personally. And um, you know, I wanted I wanted the throne bad on in, uh, in the Raw division. So you know, with that loss, like it fresh in my memory still. Like I I, I approached my training and powerlifting with a different mindset in general going up to the going up the worlds and because uh, when I was offered the open spot um to go compete at classic worlds you know I was like okay here it is here's, here's another chance basically for me to go kind of prove myself and kind of correct um my blunder I guess and um at nationals so going into it I didn't care who I was going up against like I was heated like I was like I'm not gonna I, I was like I messed it I messed it up once I'm not gonna mess it up again so I'm um, going into it, you know, the whole Mr. Perfect thing, all that stuff. Like, I didn't care at all. I was like, I know who you are, but you don't know who I am. Like, let me show you. Let me give you a little introduction as yeah. to, like, who I am. Um, so, even even like, the night before, like, weighing in, uh, like, did you know he had never missed a lift at the Worlds? And did you know, like, those his stats? His stats were staggering. No, I didn't know his stats that he Probably had never better. missed him uh, until um, the day of the meet. Um, you know, but it's just one of those things. Like personally, like I don't, I don't shy away from competition. If anything, competition makes me stronger. It makes me better. Um, so whenever I find out, like there was some, a little bit of um, his past, you know, it, it, I got a little smile on my face. I was like, oh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. was like, this, I was like, it's gonna be that much sweeter yeah. whenever I do to kind of take the throne. It's way better. Um, like, it's better to show up and unseat a guy like that than show yes. up you show up you're the favorite everyone thought you'd win and then you won mm -hmm. like that's not exactly that's not, but you showed up and you had to take on a guy who's like as dominant you know is, is a mm -hmm. hell of a hell of a showdown yeah so it, it, if anything man it just it just lit me up even more um because i mean if it with me from my background like with football or whatever um, like it was just one of those things. Like I, my my competition made me better. Like one of my, one of my best quotes from back in football was, um, "As iron sharp, um, sharpens iron, one man sharp, sharpens another." So like, if anything, like having to go up against such a, a dominant figure, um, made it sharpened me up even more. Like I was like that much more hungry to go get it and go do what I needed to do to get that victory. Um, so like I, I was I was. Oh, man, I was feeling good that day, man. <laughs> you guys, I'm just pulling this up. I'm just pulling this up yeah. now. Um, you had, because you guys went toe-to-toe -to -toe in squats. And here's mm -hmm. the thing. Neither one of you ha had hit your third squat, but you took the world record in your second attempt. Mm -hmm. And because you had pushed him, he had to overextend as well on his third attempt. Mm -hmm. And we had never seen him. As soon as he missed... You had missed your third as well, but you had out squatted him with your second, took the world record, and that's mm -hmm. when it became he he it just you put him in a, in territory he wasn't used to. Exactly. You know, he wasn't and, and and none of us like, you know, we we didn't know what to expect on that level. You do, you were you were really confident. You you're walking on the platform, you're super confident. Was mm -hmm. it going even after you missed your third attempt, did it rot it didn't you didn't seem rattled whatsoever? No. Because when I missed it, it just pissed me off even more, and um, and then whenever he missed his as well, that kind of let it, it kind of settled my nerves a little bit as well. Because um, going in, I wanted that squat record because that is my favorite lift, and um, you know, going walking away, even though I missed my third, which pissed me off, you know, I was at least happy and content with the fact that you know I was going into the bench with 
one of my goals um, already kind of checked out, you know, walking away with the with the squat record. And um, so I was feeling good, basically. You know, if he had gotten his third and kind of reclaimed that that um, that world record, you know, then it might have been a different story. But, you know, it was just one of those things I was like, you know, Charles won, like zero so far, going into the bench. I was like, let's keep the streak going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, it's like, um, it's funny, like, because he was so dominant, as soon as you broke ahead in squat, his day unraveled. You you missed your third squat, but you never again missed another lift. And mm-hmm. he was he was behind, and it forced him to have to try to catch up on his third attempt ever, every time mm-hmm. after that. And he kept missing his third attempt for the rest of the day. He never landed a single third attempt. Mr. Perfect got rattled, man. Right yeah. when you took his squat record, and then he never could regain his. He was constantly, he was in the awkward position of I gotta catch up with my third, so I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta swing big, and he and exactly. he either was gonna hit it a home run out the park or fall on his face because he's in mm-hmm. that position he had to, and that mm-hmm. was it. That was all sure. You won eighteen kilo ahead, and this is a dude who, you know, he he, he like this. He must have been rattled. You know, could, yeah. did you read? Could you read the air in the room back there? Because oh. I remember watching. Oh, yeah. I was shocked. Even even before, honestly, even before the meet started, um, I, I had my first little encounter with him um, during um, um, during the equipment check and like you know uh, getting the rack heights and stuff. So I was, I know I was back there getting my rack height, and then you know I see the Russian team kind of come come to this uh, step up to the rack as oh, well and get their it. rack height. Straight out of the move. And. Uh, so so right off the bat there was tension because um you know he did he did something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way so like I was like okay that's if that's how it's gonna be then you know what do you do I'm what really do you do you gotta yeah. tell us what is your kids <laughs> oh, you come on man come on okay okay basically I was you know I was in line to get my rack height there was, you know I was up next basically and um, you know he walks up and. Um, um, and so he did his teammate, I, and I forget his name as well, because there was two 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 competitors um, on the Russian team. Um, you know, they basically just kind of walk right in front of me, like they didn't see me in line to get their rack heights. And I was just like, oh, Alexander Colbin. That's is it, Alexander Colbin? Yeah. He's um, six six kilo Russian as well. He lifted yeah, that yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, That's him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There was two of them. There was okay. two of them. Yeah. So they both kind of just walked right in front of me, like oh, they didn't see me damn. get their rack height. And I was just like. Oh really? I was like, I'm not gonna say nothing. I was like, we're gonna handle this on the platform, cause like I'm not like I'm gonna go embarrass you on the platform. That's how it's gonna go. Yeah. Um, so that so I was already heated. Like I said, man. Like I was, I was just, I was just mad that day, man. I was like, you know, I was like, I was, I was, I was pissed. I was like, I'm, I'm coming for your throne. I'm coming for your title, and I'm gonna get it no matter what. Um, so I was already heated, and then like as we were warming up for squats, you know. I would do, every time I would do a warm up attempt, I would look over and then they'd be looking right at me. Oh shit! Kind of, they're they're bad right dogs. Wow! And I was like, I was like, man, and I just kind of laughed. I like, I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm not intimidated, man. I was like, you guys are just pissing me off even more. They don't even know it. If nothing um, else, if nothing else, <laughs> if you're a defending world champion, um, it's almost like if they're focusing on you so heavily, and there's there's every other lifter. It almost lets you know, like, I'm in your mind, right? Like, you're thinking about me. You're the champ. You think I'm worried about you, but you seem Uh very concerned about me. Exactly. And I'm the content. You're Mr. Perfect, but I'm in your head, though. That that must be a little 
flattering to be like, oh shit, you you actually you worried about me a little bit. Yeah, and like, and I didn't know his intent either. So at the same time, this is kind of one of those things I was like, if you're trying to get into my head, you're trying to rattle me or whatever. Like, you're not succeeding. If anything, you're just getting under my skin. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I I was really on a mission to like to. Oh man, it. <laughs> It just lit a fire. It just lit a fire. That's all it did. Like I was like, I didn't care what the weight on the bar is. I was like, I'm getting it. I was like, just let's go. I was ready to go at that point. Um, so so there was there was a little bit of drama, I guess, going into it. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's a veteran. <laughs> he's he's um, uh, I mean, he's been in the game, and it's sometimes. Maybe maybe some other people would have rattled him a little because of his reputation or whatnot. You know, so, I mean, these are the little things veterans might, if they think it's going to throw you off. Or maybe if you get fired up and you try to go too heavy or whatever. You know, I mean, these are the little things maybe a seasoned vet might try to do because the guy's been around the block, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe so, but, you know, I had work. great coaches on my side that, yeah. you know, they knew my numbers coming into the competition. They knew what I was capable of. And uh, they were going to give me just enough um, to win. Um, cause I, I believe, you know, cause I, I, I hold, I hold, I have very high standards for myself as far as with each lift. And, um, you know, I, I, I believe I wanted to finish with some higher numbers on, um, on squad bench and deadlift, but, uh, my coaches kind of helped me back a little bit, you know, um, they're like, you know, this is, this is the numbers that you need. Yeah. Um, so basically just execute. Cause on this, on this level, all that matters is you gotta go in there, you gotta make attempts, you gotta execute. Um, so, you know, right off the bat, you know, I just, I trusted my coaches. I was like, you know what? I know you guys know what you're doing. Just put the right number on the bar, and I'll go do it. Um, so I, I didn't have to worry. But so you know, even if that was his intent, you know, I trusted my coaches enough to kind of handle the numbers. And you know, I was just like, I'm gonna do whatever's on the bar. Um, so it was, a, it was just a perfect, perfect mix as far as with the coaching staff, and then you know, my passion and my fire kind of going into it. It really is, cause like, you, cause you're 18 kilo ahead. You don't need to win by any more than 18 kilo. It was yeah. Perfect, you, you're world champion. No, that's it. No one can take it away from you. Yeah. If you stretched, who knows? Like you, you didn't. Mm-hmm. You only missed that one squat. Never missed again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you got fired up and you started thinking, I got to bury him. You know what? I want 700 in comp. Yeah. I want to be the. You know, that's where it's like the, the coaches come in, like, listen, young man. Um, in a, <laughs> you know, in a local meet, you do whatever you want. Don't, don't, don't get into it. Don't, don't feed no, that, into it. Yeah. That not, really is what happened. That really is what happened. But I wasn't even mad. I was like, I know they know what they're doing, so I'm yeah. not even gonna stress about it. Yeah. I'm just gonna go in there. I'm gonna make attempts. Because uh, I think on on uh, my third on my third bench, I ended up benching 167.5 kilos, and um, that actually tied with um, with the guy that got first from Canada. I think from Canada, I believe. Um, we both benched the same 167.5, but he beat me on body weight um, for golden bench. And uh, whenever whenever my coach is put in that attempt, 167.5, I was like, hey, guys, like, come on. I, I got 170. I was like, come on, man. Give me at least 170. But they're like, no, you know, you don't need you don't need 170. We need 167.5. Yeah. They're like, let's just secure the attempt. And then, you know, let's just close out the meet. So, yeah. like, I didn't, I didn't, like, they're, argue back. They'll be, they'll be like, you, you be mad at us when you're the world champion. <laughs> And, and, exactly. then, and then you try to tell me you're mad. You're like, all exactly. right, fuck it. Yeah, okay, okay. Exactly, cool. yeah. exactly. So I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to be mad about it. And also I knew I needed a big cushion or as, as big of a cushion as possible because I knew he could he could out, out dead with me. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things. I was like, you know, I'm going to trust my coaches. You know, they know how, um, you know, they know my they know my numbers. They know how far I need to push myself to, uh, to get me that win. So I just kind of let them do their thing and I did mine. Yeah, and it's uh, you really did. What they did was inflated that subtotal 
So mm-hmm. without missing, like, you know, very little besides that one last squat, to the point where he had to load the bar. I mean, it's the biggest deadlift attempt he had. Yeah, and, and like yeah. you, like you said, where you you said you knew he could out deadlift you, but you ended mm-hmm. up deadlifting two and a half kilo more because yeah. your coaching the co- the American coaching staff do their fucking research. Like they're ready. Mm-hmm. They just exactly. made it so difficult. He had to load up. Like he could out deadlift you, but not by that much. He was. No, exactly. It was just like, uh, well, shit. How much now do I have to deadlift? He'll load exactly. it up. He'll load it up, and then he missed, and that's when you look back and you're like, "All right, fuck the gold medal and bench." <laughs> you're like, "Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah." Because if it, I tell you what, who knows how many kilo you could have? Every time you nailed one and he missed, it was just mm-hmm. more kilo he's got a dead. Exactly. We don't know what he had in the tank that day, but you, you asked too much of him that day. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so it ended up being too big of an ask, and that's kind of the way you got to push a guy. Now, when it happened. And you realized, holy shit! And um, and we were all like, I was going to static when I was calling it because it was it was an we knew like even though he's falling behind, we knew one big pull, and this guy was because he is who he is, um, you know, he's such a phenomenal uh, like athlete and competitor himself. Mm-hmm. When it dawned on you, holy shit! I just beat Mr. Perfect, unseated the current world two time world champion, and now I'm the world champ. Like, what was that feeling like? It was amazing, man. I'm telling you. Set a world record. Like, you got world champion and world record total. uh Yeah, so it it was like the double crown. Exactly. You know, I I knew, I had, like I said, I had big goals going in. And then with, you know, kind of my my first um, encounter with him and, like, you know, all the shady looks I was getting in the back, he, he rubbed me the wrong way. So, like I said, it was that much sweeter when I got that title, when I got that crown. And um, I was just over there going ecstatic in the back. Like, you know, I got up on the on the, on the the bench like, I'm the champ. I'm the champ. <laughs> oh, shit. You were a gracious winner. Yeah. You were a gracious winner. <laughs> I tell you, man. Whoa. It, it, was, it was sweet. It was, it was very sweet, man. It was a lot of work that went into it. Um, you know, um, and then when it happened, man, like, you know, I was like, that's what I came for. Um, you know, and and it was my first um, title in the open division, a world title in the open division. Because, um, like I said, I, I ended up getting second in the open equipped worlds. Uh, so it was just a lot of great things, like a lot of just a lot of emotions. Um, and um, just ah, man, it, I'm telling you, it, it was it's very hard to describe. But I, I was I was ecstatic that day, man. It's 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 perfect that like if you're gonna win it, you gotta win it against a dude like Glackick who. He was, like, and, and is. I say was, he is. I mean, he's still a young man. And having said that as well, um, looking at his, his nominated total, he, he has a 700-kilo total. I'm assuming, <laughs> is that the the current? Did he take that world record? That's got to be the world record. I'm going to pull this would, up right I now. would imagine that would be an official, unofficial world record. Is it unofficial, uh-huh. you think? Let me. I, I don't know if he uh-huh. did it at Europeans. I'm going to look right now. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know what he, yeah I don't know what competition he did at. I'm gonna take a look one sec here because um, <laughs> let's see for the world for the records here. What would it be under? I think it's under championships. Yeah, because seven hundred's a nice. I, I I believe he'd be the first. Let's take a look. Open world records, and we'll flip it over to classic. And the funny thing is, I wasn't even aware of that. Yeah, he's uh, okay. No, no you no know what? Charles. It's still yours, Charles. Yeah. So that is an unofficial. Okay. 
It's an unofficial, mm -hmm. but um, he's the first I've heard to hit 766 kilo. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, so it's unofficial. He probably hit it at his nationals. Mm -hmm. So walking into this, and this is crazy right now that, first off, let me just say, a couple years ago, it'd be unthinkable. We're talking 66 kilo guys hitting 700 totals is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And this 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 young man, Gladkick, he's slowing down. He's he's gaining steam. And you know, yeah. he's like you. He's a competitor on the other side, mm -hmm. different background, different whatever. Mm -hmm. But they're doing a Russian podcast right now talking about you, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. And, um, and he's probably telling himself, and this fucking kid gets on. I don't know why he's got an Italian accent. I don't know why I, he's gave an Italian. I was <laughs> just gonna say that's a weird we're, we're accent. With, like that. I insult Paul so many by accident. That wasn't even Italian. Was, I don't know what that was. But 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 anyways, this fucking guy jumps on the bench and starts talking. I'm the champ. I'm oh, the now champ. You're, now you're making it Italian. I that's right. Now, <laughs> now I'm trying to insult no, Paul. Now you're just wants to of as he's eating pasta. But um, you know he he wants. He wants the rematch, and it sets mm -hmm. up a beautiful rivalry. And this is why the 6'6 kilo class needs this. First off, mm -hmm. you want showdowns. This yeah. showdown deserves the hype that Brett Gibbs or he got. This this showdown mm -hmm. deserves all this hype, and I'm going to give a huge push on King of the List leading into it as well yeah. as doing a commentary. But mm -hmm. um, when you see him having that 700, are you, you, you must be expecting a battle. Oh, I'm expecting a battle. Um, I'm not expecting this to be a, a, a cakewalk at all, uh, by any means. Um, you know, and that actually just kind of it lights me up even more, man. I'm telling you, like I I, I don't shy down the competition. Uh, you know, I'm going in expecting to hit somewhere around like a, at least a 715 kilo total. Oh, because um, yeah. So, because I, I I personally wanted to break 700 um as kilos for a total, anyways. Uh, within 66 um, kilo competing at 66. So, um, seeing that he's already done that as well, because I want to be the first one to do it myself. Well, you know, that's like you—you you you be so the first—you'll be the first internationally, anyways, which is yeah, big. yeah. So you know that that kind of makes me more excited. At the same time, it kind of makes me more heated. You yeah. know, I'm like, okay, I'm like, you think I was like, he's feeling good right now. He probably thinks he has me, maybe. But it's one of those things. I'm like, I want, I want a battle. Um, I don't want, I don't want a boring meet. Cause I mean, oh yeah, you know, if if I did, I would never. If I wanted that, I could just not compete on an international level. Um, but you know, I want, uh, I want a head-to-head -head battle. I, I want, you know, I want it to be one of those things that's kind of talked about, you know, for a long time. Cause I mean, one of those things. I want to be my mark in the sport. You know what I'm saying? So you know, the better my competitor, you know, the better I'm going to be. The more exciting it's going to be to watch. And um, you know, you know that he hit seven hundred. I'm, I just, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's uh, good. All right. I'll <laughs> see, I'll see you seven hundred. I'll raise you fifteen right. kilo. Yeah. So you know, at the Arnold, you know, I, I hit seven fifteen. Even though I did compete at sixty nine, you know, by third attempts, if you watch, if you watch those lifts, they were all pretty freaking easy, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, and I expect to hit at least another seven hundred fifteen kilo total. Um, losing, you know, six more pounds. That's yeah, six pounds um, isn't much. That's not yeah, that's, that's not gonna break you. Exactly. So you know, with just just expect something big. That's what I'm gonna say. Just expect something big. I anticipate a battle. Do you think when you see him now, it's gonna be a little different now that he knows? Like he not only does he know know all about you now. If he if he at all didn't realize what you're gonna bring. And if he at all was a little bit high on himself because he was who he was and he was mm -hmm. Mr. Perfect, 
I know he had to have go go home and get hungry. Like that. that yeah. There's one when he's eating food to the point where he never misses a lift. He's winning back to back worlds, getting pushed, but still never missing. What happened there? He's got to go back home to Russia and be like, "What the fuck?" Like, he, yeah. you, if you ever get complacent, the worst thing you could be as a champion is complacent. You know, sure. you, you need him and he needs you, despite like you know the the uh, you know behind there the mean mugging or the cutting mm-hmm. in front of each other for uh, ch- wait check-ins. <laughs> you actually, when, in, t- 10, 15 years from now, when the competition against each other's done, you'll look at each other and be like, "Fuck, man, I needed you. Like, I needed yeah. you." I, they, yeah. You know, so it's, it's gonna be mutual respect at the end of the day for end sure. End of the day, when it's um, done, yeah, when the sports yeah. done. But, but you know, he went but, home to Russia. You know, mm-hmm. he was like, "Fuck that American!" Just came out of nowhere, and you know, ah, <laughs> oh, he's cocky afterwards. What, yeah. what would be if he was listening? What would be your message to him going into these worlds? Oh man, my message would be to expect the battle, man. Um, you know, I'm coming. I'm going to be bringing the heat. I expect. I know he's going to be doing the same. Um, so. I'm ready. I'm ready to come to fight. Let's get it. <laughs> You're going for it. And the big, the big, uh, like, usually, ordinarily in a tight battle, um, when it's head-to-head like this, the guy who deadlifts last, if, if both mm-hmm. if both subtotals are close or both your totals are going to be reasonably close, the guy mm-hmm. with the bigger deadlift, he gets to pull last. So exactly. he just looks, whatever he's doing, chip it. Like, because mm-hmm. your, your day is done, completely finished. Mm-hmm. He gets to look at your total and chip it. And, mm-hmm. and usually when the battle's that close, if he can maintain that close, he's got that advantage of, now I know what I need to dead. Whereas for yourself, and the good thing the American coaching staff, they're phenomenal doing the research, mm-hmm. but you have to almost guess. Okay, mm-hmm. this is this is what I think I need to deadlift. It's within my limit. It's not slightly over, because you want to push him so he's uncomfortable. But if you push yourself too far, you miss your third. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! You just open the door. Now he doesn't have to mm-hmm. get as much. Yeah. Do you think about these things? Do you think about numbers? No. Um, I not, not not from that standpoint. I don't. So me going, I'm I'm my own biggest competitor. To be honest, um, you know my my really my only goal is if we, every competition I go to is to outdo myself the last time. And uh, I've kind of I've kind of already told myself if I can do that, nobody's gonna stop me. Because, um, like I said, my previous total at the Arnold was 7.15. My my only goal is to go do more than 7.15 kilos. So if Blackie can come in and do more than 7, 7.15 kilos, then, you know, props to him. Good job. But yeah. I really don't, you know. But that's going to be that's gonna be another huge total from him after doing 700, which is already big for him. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's one of those things I'm like, I'm my biggest competitor. If I can beat myself every single time, being that I am the, the world champ right now, I'm pretty damn confident and nobody's going to stop me. Um, you know, my confidence doesn't really waver when it comes to powerlifting and a lot of things that I do. Um, so, as far as from a number standpoint, yeah. I am going to just go in there. I'm going to do better than I did last time. You know what? If, that, he can beat, if he can beat that, props to him. You know what? That's <laughs> almost, that's almost what, because this, this is a conversation I had with Brett Gibbs uh, going into the last Nationals. He was coaching me. And I was like, you know, if I hit, this is what this guy squats, this guy benches. If I hit that out of my subtotal, then I could, you know, this is how much I have to deadlift. And he goes, mm-hmm. here's my advice. And I think this is good advice, and it's almost like what you're saying. He's like, take whatever's there for squat on the day. Because you're, mm-hmm. don't worry about certain numbers right now. You don't know what he's going to bring. You're assuming mm-hmm. he's 100%. You're not only assuming he's 100%, you're tacking on an extra 5% because you think he's hitting PRs. 
You're mm-hmm. doing that for his squat. You're doing that for his bench. But you don't even know if that's true. So while mm-hmm. you're forcing numbers in your mind that you might be forcing numbers you don't need, you start missing mm-hmm. lifts. Exactly. And by the time you get to deads, you're all types of fucked up. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're a deadlifter, yes, it's true. If you're the biggest deadlifter, you get to look at what you have to throw on the bar to, for your last pull. But if you're mm-hmm. a subtotal guy, you almost need the attitude you have. It's just like Brett said, where stay in the pocket, focus exactly. on yourself, focus on yourself. If you hit all your lifts, it doesn't matter if he's a bigger deadlifter. Exactly. The, the, the insurmountable odds of what he's going to end up having to pull will be like last time. Be like, it's when you start paying too much attention to him and mm-hmm. overshooting and start mm-hmm. missing that he's like, ah, because he needs you to miss. Basically, he needs yeah. you to miss lifts. And I, Yeah, and I understand that. So it's one of those things is like, I know my capabilities. I know what I can go in there and I can do. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to execute because I know at, on this stage, it's all about making attempts. Um, so I'm going to be smart with my numbers. I am not going to be overly um, aggressive. Um, I, I, you know, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to stay in my, my personal pocket. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, if I can do that and um, PR, it's going to be a hell of a... Uh, it's gonna be a hell of a, a battle for him. I feel yeah. like yeah. Um, to keep up. Um, so it's just like I said, it's one of those things. I don't really worry or stress about my competitors at all. Um, you know, I just kind of worry about myself. Um, so if he can keep up with me on, on you know, on squat and bench, which I don't expect, then you know, great job to him. You know, yeah. he, you know, he's earned it. He's earned it. But at the end of the day, I'm like, if I'm doing, if I'm PRing. And I'm doing better than I did on my last meet. I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm having a great day. Yeah. And somebody can come and beat me at my best, then shit, they deserve it. But I just don't see that happening because I think that I'm the best. So. And, 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 and how much does it help? How much does it help, you know, knowing that you won the world championships and that's yours and no one can take it away? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like icing on the cake now where you're like, hey, look, mm-hmm. like, you've proven yourself for sure. Or are yeah. you like, are you like, yeah, how does it does it take pressure off because you've lived up, or do you no. or do you feel like now the pressure's on more because you're champ and people expect you to win? Um, I don't honestly, I don't feel any pressure. Um, you know, I I I am my own biggest critic as far as like what I expect of myself and what I want to accomplish. So this is one of those things, like for example, the seven hundred kilo total. That's just like a, an expectation that I put on myself. You know, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna go break 700 kilos on on um, at Classic Worlds. Um, as far as like what I want to hit for squat, for bench, deadlift, I just have high expectations for myself, um, and I expect myself to go in. I expect to go in. Um, so as long as I'm hitting my personal goals, which is because like I said, I only care about myself and how I feel like I'm doing. If I can hit my personal goals, then I can walk away with my head up and I'll be happy with my performance. I mean, the goal is to win, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it's just one of those things like. I'm going to be, as long as I go in there and I, I feel like I competed to the best of my abilities, then I'm going to be ecstatic. If I go in there and I feel like I didn't have a great meet and I still end up winning, you know, whoop de doo I won. But at the same time, like, if I had a shitty meet, I'm not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because my goal literally is for every meet to go in there and beat myself. It is. Um, you know, they, they, say, they say to alleviate stress in all things in life, only focus on what you have, you, you can control. Exactly. And that's you know, exactly it, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, like, you know, with glycix total, 700 kilos, like, I didn't even know about it because I really didn't care. <laughs> I'm like, and it saves me, I mean, come on, it, it, it doesn't do any good for me to go in there and kind of stress about each individual person and what they're going to bring to the table. I can't control that, like you said, so why even bother? 
Mm-hmm. I'm just going to focus, keep all my energy on myself, go in there and be the best I can be. And if I can do that, I don't see anybody stopping me. Um, so control what you can, just like you said. And, and I'm going to do just that. And what do you feel like, because you're, you're a young guy, already won mm-hmm. the world championships. Um, like, what do you think the future holds for you? How far do you want to go? Are you going to stay in 6'6 six, six kilo and do a dynasty? Or are you thinking eventually you move up? Okay, so here, here's a, I'm, I'm going to move up. I'm just going to go ahead and just cut the bullshit. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so this is going to be a big one for me personally because this is probably going to be my last meet as a 66. Oh, um, damn. Yeah. So I got to go big. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I want to finish on a high note because I don't want to, you know, I want to step away being that, you know, walking away being like, you know, I was the best. Um, you know, I, I left that weight class um, as the best. I wasn't dethroned. And I want to set up a total. Like I said, I have personal, huge personal goals for myself. I want to set up a world record that's going to last for a long time. Mm. Um, so it's just one of those things. Like It's, it's a big one. It's not going to be like a icing on top type of thing. It's just one of those. Like I want to go ahead and put up a performance that's going to be talked about for a long time um, as far as for the C6 kilo weight class. And, um, you know, if I can reach those goals, um, you know, I'll be content with walking away from the 66 after this meet, knowing that I kind of left my mark on the 66 kilo weight class, basically. And and moving into 77, because the weight classes in powerlifting are so huge. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it'll be, how long do you think it'll be for you to fill out 74? Oh, I'm not long. And, um, cause shoot, I, if I'm not, if I wasn't trying to control my body weight, I'll walk around at about 160. Um, cause normally I cut about, I cut about anywhere from 10 to 15 pounds to make weight every competition. Oh, shit. Um, so that's yeah. why. Okay. Now it makes exactly. sense. Yeah. Exactly. Man, people tell me, man, I got like an 83 kilo lifter all the time. I'm like, damn. I was like, I don't look, I know I'm big, but I ain't that big. Like, damn. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, oh. yeah. So it's always, it's always, you know, that was so like, you know, with me. So when I started powerlifting, you know, I came from a football background and like I said, I was undersized in football. All I cared about was eating as much as I could. And getting as strong as I could, you know, while gaining weight, gaining size. So when I started powerlifting, you know, that's when I really started paying attention to my nutrition. Because uh, I also I realized that was an important aspect as well. Um, you know, it's one of those things like, you know, I started powerlifting when I was like, you know, 18, whatever. So, you know, at that point, I'm still I'm still growing. Yeah, you know? for sure. But, you know, it's just one of those things. I felt like I kind of limited my growth by trying to stay within a certain weight class. And, um, you know... I'm just I'm just at the point in life personally, and that you know I've had enough success within the six that I feel like I'm okay with walking away. You know I might not be the world champion 74 kilo weight class, but you know it's it can it's, it can be it's in the cards. Yeah. It's a possibility um, if I fill out the weight class. I just kind of let myself grow because um, you know I feel like I would be I would be much stronger now, right now if I hadn't been basically having to control my body weight and having to cut. Um, every few months to go do a competition and then kind of capping my, my strength as well. Um, so I feel like a lot of, I have a lot of room to grow within 74 and um, I'll have a lot more to work with and I'll just be happier in general because I love to eat, man. Like, you know, having, hey, to, having, to, having to restrict myself, there, like, come on. Man. There's nothing I'm, fun about dieting and restricting. It, no, it, not at all. I don't know if you heard Taylor Atwood's uh, episode he did with us, but he actually said... I did. So he's actually moving up as well. So we yeah, almost yeah. see like a shift in the U.S. champions and possible world champions. Just bam, everybody moves up a weight class. Yeah. But yeah. So, so so yeah, I did watch that. I did watch that. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, even more reason for me to move up. <laughs> yeah. And then not only that, I think um, who's the other seventy four? I believe he left um, USAPL. 
Oh, God. Blake, um, Lee Hugh, Lee Hugh. Blake, Blake. Yeah. He's right, gone too right. now. So it's almost mm-hmm. like a void. Oh, really? so he's going to USDA. Yeah, so oh. you, it's, all, it's set up, man. It's They're rolling up. out the red carpet yeah. for you. So it's going to be a smooth transition. I want it to be smooth. I want it to be beautiful. I want it to be a nice little storyline, man. A little <laughs> yes. story to be told. That's right. You're, so, you know. you're showing me and send me your new Mr. Perfect. Let's hey. let's give this guy a new nickname and let's rumble. That's what I'm used to. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I'm I'm really trying to finish up my career as a 66 on a high note. Um, so there's a there's a lot writing on this meet for me personally, anyways. Um, so yeah, there's a lot online. I, I plan on going going in executing because you know um, I feel very strongly about like how well I have to do about at this competition, and then hopefully after that, you know, move on to 74s and keep dominating. Um, on that level as well, because uh, I mean I've seen my number, my numbers, um, um, and I see my potential, and I think I'll be able to hang with the seventy fours for sure, no problem. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, and I can eat. That's the main thing. I can eat, man. <laughs> and what would you think if you move up to seventy four? And goddamn it, if Glad Kick doesn't move up too, you'd be like, oh you come know? on, man, stay where, <laughs> stay where you're at. <laughs> Um, I, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be bothered because, you know, personally, it's just one of those things. There's so many, comp- there's so many competitors. There's, you know, so many different, you know, it, you know, it's like one of those things when one door closes, another one opens yeah. up, right? Yeah. So there's always gonna be that next, that next big fish that I gotta go catch, it's right? True. Well, I never um, to seventy four. You got Backlund there as well. Backlund, like it's good to have, it's good to have rivals yeah. because when people it remember is. you, like if it's you have, for instance, Mike Tyson in the eighties. Um, mm-hmm. Off everyone was, oh, Mike Tyson in the 80s was amazing. If you ever put him on the spot and be like, who was his rival in the 80s? Good sports rival. They'd be like, I, who did he win the title against? A lot of times people mm-hmm. are like, uh, uh. but if I say like, Ali, well, Ali Frazier, Ali Form, mm-hmm. like you just know sports rivals. You need those guys. You need, exactly. you need, you need Glad Kick. Exactly. You know, you need every, every, every good superhero needs a good supervillain. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, you need that. So we'll see what happens. Just like you said, uh, when you move up to 74. When all yeah. is said and done, a question we usually ask people when they come on here. Actually, you know what? Let me save that. Real quick, I just want to get some of your picks um, mm-hmm. for some of these other weight classes at the YPF oh, World. Snap. I want to know okay. if you're going to cut in ahead of Gladkin in terms of the uh, weigh-ins and the rack heights this time. Oh, shit. <laughs> so you can, you, so you, you, you're going to pull a big dick move on him. You're going to pull that big dick move on him. Be like, excuse me. I'm actually a very nice guy, man. I'm actually a very nice guy. I wouldn't do that. You, you can, um, you so can, if it's one of those things, you treat me right, I'm going to treat you right. That's how it goes. Excuse me, sir. I'm the one. Yeah. Champ. I think the champ goes first. Kind sir. Excuse me. No, um, no, no, no. What, what, are your, what are some of your picks while I got you? Because I had the 93 Kilo Boys on here right before I came on with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I had uh, Gustav, David Woodland, and LS all at once. They gave me some of the picks off the top. Um, mm. You don't have to do everybody if you don't. Okay. If you have, but... If you're if you're looking at some of the showdowns, we have Atwood versus mm-hmm. Kajel. You you got a pick there, sir? What are you thinking? I'll, I'll have to go with Atwood, man. Like just that guy's a monster. Man. He's a monster. Like, he's, he's a monster. And he's from and he's from my country. You know, yeah. I got I got I got support the homies. That's fair. Right? That's so fair. I got to go with Atwood on that one. How about the eighty-three kilo yeah. uh, showdown? Now his. Here's the thing, because there's always going to be an American in there, mm-hmm. so you know you might have, you might be going with the, the American team America, but Gibbs or he, toe to toe, and and some of these 93 kilo boys, I'm trying to remember who picked who. 
I think some of the Americans were picking Brett. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Because that's that's like here's or like Brett's phenomenal, but if mm-hmm. or, or he we saw a squat seven ten. Yeah. What the fuck, man? That's yeah, a, that's, a, that's that's crazy. His training has been pretty, pretty freaking good. This training cycle. Yeah. Uh, man, I. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you, you, you. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. That, that's a tough one. Because, uh, you know, Brett's consistent, man. Like, you know, if, if there's one thing about him, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, he he's smart. He's been in the game for a long time. You know, you know, he has the, you know, he has the strength and the experience. He kind of yeah. like, he's a, he's kind of like a, you know, he has it all, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Russ, yeah, Russ very is young. Rounded. You know, you know, Russ is young. You know, he has the fire. You know, he has that young strength as well. So, you know. And he's got um, he's got the coaching staff that no, even sure. if even great. if even if he doesn't have the experience, the American coaching staff won't let him get out of pocket, which is good. True. Which is good. True. And uh, that's and that's also one of the things that we joke about is kind of staying in the pocket. Yeah. Um. You know, ah, man, that's a tough one. But I'm gonna have to go with my boy Russ on that one. Yeah. Man. Well, oh, you, yeah. Sometimes if yep. if you're not sure, split the mm-hmm. difference by taking the American. Fair enough. Now, exactly. What about, what about these these ninety three kilo boys? Listen, eighty three kilo. Mm-hmm. I think Brett and Russ is a phenomenal showdown. But we're talking mm-hmm. top five. Mm-hmm. David Wilson, Anatoly from Ukraine, Gustav from Sweden, LS, and Omar, uh, Amar from Algeria. Like their top their top mm-hmm. five are so tight. But here's what might change people's opinions. LS McLean, the alternate LS is unfreaking beatable at the Worlds. If LS Makes a team as an alternate, the dude wins the world. That's that's just for some reason the way. They're like both times he won the world championships, he was an alternate, shouldn't have even been there. And then yeah. when he when he lost nationals again and he, he he put in as an alternate, I was like, oh shit, we'll see. We'll see. And then I look and I go, Oh man, he just made the roster. Alternate yeah. the, the legend of uh, alternate funny, LS. Man, man it's it, it's destiny. It's destiny. So um, we were joking around about last podcast, but um, alternate LS somehow finds a way to win. But who are you thinking? David Wilson's a beast. Anatoly, Anatoly from Ukraine currently holds the IPF uh, world record for total. Do you got feelings towards that? And then there's LS. Who's who's that? Wiley veteran. And, 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 let, and let me say something. Let me say something to make you yeah. someone on the spot. LS picked you to win, my man. Hey. <laughs> hey, that's, my, that's my boy. Man. Yeah, so just, no pressure. But now let's pitch you to win. You know, man. So I'm not too familiar with the um, with the stats and like on some of the guys from other countries, man. Um, but it's a toughie. I'm, 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 I'm biased, man. I'm biased. <laughs> it's, 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 it's okay. But you got two Americans, though. That's a tough I know. One two I know. And two you know, Texans. Are they both from Texas? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, they're, they're, that they're, is... all clo- they're all close to where I'm from. So. Oh no. Um. Yeah. Oh boy, Dude, man. Great state. You know? Te- Texas alone is is. is uh, Texas is yeah. Texas. Most of the Olympians in the USAPL are from Texas, man. You and got... most of the yeah most of the um, uh, most of the champions and uh, national champions are from Texas as well. You could field your own <laughs> team, man. Yeah, you man. got Team That's Texas. Team Texas. Hey, we might, we might do it. We might make our own team to world. Uh, but let me go ahead and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to go LS on that one, man. Because, yeah. you know, you know he. I, I'm going to go with history on that one. I'm yeah. going with history. Hey, I'm, hey, say, I'm, I'm going with LS. On you know that what one. they say? You know what they say is, um, I don't. I don't trust words, 
I even question actions, but I never doubt patterns. Yes. I never doubt patterns. And when Atlas is an alternate, that's a rat. That's a fucking exactly. rat. That's a rat, baby. He, he, hey, that means he finds a way, man. That's a winner right there. That's a winner, baby. Yep. Yeah, that's it. It's just it's this, the stars aligned. You can't you can't fuck with that. 105's Eli Burke's like a pretty solid favorite, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Like he's well ahead. 120's yeah. Cliff Tony Cliff looks pretty solid. I don't see any Americans up there. Um because uh, Matt Somner pulled out. I was just about to say, like, how did I not realize Matt Somner pulled out? Matt Somner pulled out, unfortunately, man, because he would have been up there. Yeah. That, that, he he would have been toe-to-toe with Tony. That's all right. What are you thinking about the big boys? Probably Ray, go, but... Yeah, you got to go with Ray, yeah. man. And he's the favorite, too. He's the favorite, too. Yeah. That, um, man, that, that man's hungry, man. And he, he he's just one of those, like, you know, he has a very strong mindset. You know, he he's he he's like he wants to leave his mark as well, and he's already leaving a big mark on the sport. Um, so I don't see I don't see Ray disappointing man. If he doesn't bomb by which he won't, yeah. he's gonna win. Yeah. He's gonna take it. He he is a phenomenal. I mean, I am excited with Luke Richardson, young stud. I love Jez's back. Obviously, Kelly Branton is um, the Canadian in the mix. I think it's gonna be an amazing show. All those dudes mm-hmm. are super good, and I think for, it'll be the toughest win for Ray, but Ray's going to mm. be the favorite. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, if, if someone didn't say Ray was the favorite, they're being, they got to be biased. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, this is one of those things. If he makes his attempts, like he should, yeah, he's going to be all right. Cause the pressure's on the other guys to go catch up to him, which well, makes room for mistake as well. Yeah. Um, so I think and, he'd and, be okay. And he's a hell of a show closer with that dead too. It's not like he's oh, all yeah. front ended. He might exactly. have the biggest dead. He might. Luke yeah. Luke Richardson's dead's got me all types of wound up and excited. But yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's got a big dead. Is there any yeah. girls off the top of your head that you think picks? We don't have to go division by division. But what do you what are you thinking? Um, uh, Bonica, you know. Oh, that's you easy. that's low hanging fruit, man. man. Oh, come on, man. That's easy. I just saw her like two days ago. So I, okay, okay. I was gonna yeah. say you you taking the lowest hanging fruit with that one. <laughs> You you you're not going out on a you're a sure shot better. Uh, for sure. That's a guarantee. Yeah. Um shoot, who who else we got? Um 63s, you got Jen and Sam. Jen Jen Thompson's Jen, Sam, in there, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that that's gonna be a battle in and of itself because I actually watched um I watched them go head to head, you know, um at on the national level and that was that was just a oh, freaking it's, battle. It's amazing. Uh, Even last yeah. worlds, last worlds they went head to head was amazing. Yeah. So, man, between those women and how close it is, I, I can't pick. I can't pick, man. Like, that's that's going to be one that you have to see what happens when we get there. Oh, you know um, what? I don't see Jen on the roster now. Shit, Jen might be out. Oh, really? Okay, there you go. Then you probably can go with Sam and that's... Oh, Sam then. <laughs> that just made it easy for you. Yep. Yeah. In 72, the return of Kimberly Walford. Mm-hmm. But she's not with Team USA. Mm-hmm. Kristen Dunsmore's <laughs> Team USA. Mm-hmm. Man. Anna Castellani from Brazil. I don't know, man. Jessica Bittner. Jessica Bittner from Canada. looking like a beast right now. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go with Kimmy on that one. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with Kimmy on that one. Yeah. I mean, is there any others that, that you want to pop out there? Or are you pretty much... Uh... I mean, there's... Nah. Yeah. It looks pretty solid. Another American, all-American top end in the 84 kilo between Del- Daniela Mello and Amanda Lawrence. 
that is going to be a fun That's a big fun one as well. Oh. And then they're, they're both under the same coach, too. So yep. Oh, shit, uh, they I'm are. Not yeah. 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 Can we yeah, flex? They're, yeah, they're both team flex. No, so I don't know how the hell he does it. Because even for on the national level, when uh, Russ and um, Sean Noriega were going head-to-head, like, I'm like, dude, I coaching both of these guys at the same time like i'm like saying fair it's it's so. it's it's like uh it's tough because when you're putting in attempts like attempts is strategizing all part of it i mean it's for gotta real. be i'm just i'm just picturing joey looking up at the board for third deadlifts doing the math between his two guys being like if i put in this russ is gonna win but if i put in this for sean and match it or if you're, or if like, you're like or if you're like like it's not a it's hard to be like um all right, I think he's going to go for this, so we have to go for that. Yeah. It's like, now I know what he's yeah. going for. It's like, and I, I, you know, like I'm not doing this in my head. Let's just, yeah, let's just see what happens. It's, um, like, I know there, to an extent, hey, whoever's strong, the strongest man wins. And I think the mm-hmm. strongest man won when they went toe-to-toe anyways. But exactly. it is it is tough, man. I don't know if I'd be yeah, able to. I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that for myself personally. No, I, I'd be like, but, nah, I feel too conflicted. I feel too awkward. Exactly, exactly. So how do you stay objective at that point? It's but tough. Hey, it's like he, a, he finds a way. Yeah. If you're, um, an, if you're an Avengers fan, it's like a Civil War sort of situation. Basically. You got to throw, uh, throw one of them to Tina, give Joey the other one. Those, those boys <laughs> so, are who wins. Those boys are all over the comic book movies. I know. That's why, Joey that's fucking why I had to throw them. it out there for them. Well played. Yeah. Like yeah. They've been going nuts over that. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, man. Thank you for coming on. It's been an hour and a half. First off, thank oh, you for shoot. coming on. Dude, hell of a conversation. We should have done it sooner. But uh, we let's do it again. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe I, exactly. Maybe again after the yeah, beat. I was gonna we'll, say maybe after the we'll, we'll get the recap. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get the recap and then we'll talk about the upcoming Raw Nationals mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah, let's um, let's wait till afterwards. And I'll see you in Sweden, obviously. Yes, yes. Um, and, and, and even with Raw Nationals, like honestly, I'm really not sure what the future is gonna be like. Um, because I'm gonna be starting physical therapy school in July. Ah. so that's not that's not, that's another big reason for the for all these changes coming up. Um, you know, once school starts, I'm not sure what my schedule is going to be like as far as retraining and being able to compete. So, you know, this might be my last big one for a while. So, like, I, there's a lot going into this meet, you, man. You got you got so, time to bulk up then. Yep. Chillax, I got plenty of time to bulk Eat some up. Cheetos. Eat some Cheetos. Yeah. Eat some of that American maybe, food. Maybe not Cheetos. I'm trying to eat good like we do back home. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That's yeah. right. Not, not a dirty bulk. Not a dirty, dirty, dirty Yeah, but it'll be fun, man. Like, it'll be kind of fun kind of take a step back and just kind of, you know, Get completely healthy and um, kind of apply some of the things I'm learning from personal, from physical therapy to my to my training. Um, hopefully, keep me healthier in the long run as well. Um, so I, I, you know, it'd be fun. It'd be a nice little transition. It'd be it'd be a it'd be a different storyline and hopefully a good one. And um, I just hope I can keep competing and actually make it to Raw Nationals in, in October. So we'll see. If not, we'll see. if not, then I'm sure you'll be back. You're a young man. I'll be back. Um, I'll be back. I, someone needs to get a hold. Do you do online coaching or anything like that? Yeah, I do online coaching. As how well. do they get a hold of you? A, how do they get a hold of you? And B, are there sponsors or anyone you want to thank as well? Oh, for sure. Um, so they can help get a hold of me through um my Instagram is a big one. You know, I have links on my Instagram page for um my online coaching packages, and they can always DM me, email me. Um, my email is on there as well. And what's your Instagram? Um, just so they know. So, so my Instagram handle is Charles Opoko, just my first and last name. Um. And my last name is O-K-P-O-K-O, right? if you don't know how to spell it. Um, so f- message me on Instagram. And then for my sponsors, man, huge shout out to Titan. You know, they've been with me since like um, back in 2015, I think, 2015, 2016. 
And, um, you know, especially as an equipped lifter at the time, that's huge because equipment yeah. is not cheap. No, sir. That thing is super expensive. I don't know how people do it. That's another thing. Is I don't know how people do it. Uh, but, you know, so huge shout out to them for, for, you know, always getting me ready for meat day. Um, shout out to RP Strength for helping me with my, um, with my diet and my nutrition. And um, One Up Nutrition as well. So those, those are my big sponsors right there. You know, thank you. Thank you, all those guys, especially Titan. Um, yeah. And and one last question before we let you go. We mm-hmm. always ask people when they come on, when all said and done, you're, you're an old-ass man looking back at all these rivalries and everything you've done. How do you, how do you want to be remembered? Man. Man, that's, a, that's a tough one. Ah, that's I why I yeah. saved it for last. I saved it for last. You know, I want to be remembered as this, you know, I want to be remembered as somebody that kind of came in and kind of changed the game a little bit as far as with, um, you know, um, that's how I put it, that's how I put it. Basically, I, I just want to be remembered as a hell of a competitor, um, somebody that was constantly kind of pushing the boundaries, pushing limits on, on you know, what's expected for, you know, regardless of, you know, your, your size. Because um, for me personally, like, you know, I don't really care about weight classes, to be honest. It's kind of it's kind of a funny thing to say. Because, um, you know, being from a football background, I didn't care about what your size was. It's kind of one of those, like, are you stronger than me, yes or no, right? So it's one of those things I want to basically kind of set new expectations on, like, you know, new um, – as far as, like, what can be achieved, with, you know, at a smaller body weight. Because um, being somebody that's kind of been undersized his entire life, you know, I've been constantly trying to basically kind of push the boundaries, push the limits personally as far as, like, you know, what I can accomplish. And um, I want to be – I kind of want to be remembered as, like, you know, like, damn, this guy was this – weighed this much and he did what? So, you know, I, I just want to keep pushing the limits, you know what I'm saying? And just be known as a, as a limit pusher as far as what I can accomplish, you know, with the world records and all that stuff. Be that dude yeah. that – um. Anybody who's like, ah, oh, man, I'm too small to play this sport, that sport, they refer, yeah. they refer, they'll remember you. They'll say, exactly. they'll, they'll say yeah. you. Got that, you. Yeah, you can be, be strong as hell. That's you know, it. you can control, control what you can, right? That's right. No excuses. <laughs> Listen, man, thank exactly. you for coming on. Um, I'm glad we came. I'm glad you came and came on. I'm, I'm actually excited as shit to see a 66-kilo battle. Too underrated. I want to give a big push on King of the Lifts because this, this is good. This is the rivalry, man. And you guys are like neck and neck. It's actually you guys are going to push each other. There's no yes. you know runaway favorites either which way, which makes what sports are, are supposed to be. Um, exactly. I'll see you in Sweden. Say what's up to exactly. me when I see you. Um, and, and, and that's it, man. Maybe, maybe we'll have some beers after afterwards. And um, we'll definitely have you back on the podcast to recap uh, the battle in Sweden, and and you catch us up on where you're at. Sounds good. Thanks, guys, for All having right, me. And if I do win, first round's on you. <laughs> <laughs> Deal, my man. You win, first round's on me. All right, sounds good, See man. See you, buddy. Yeah, take care. See ya. Bye. And there you have it. Um, yeah, fuck me. I, I mean, he really is, like a lot of these guys who say they're lucky to have each other, he, they're, they're lucky to have each other. Yeah, you know they are gonna push each other like crazy, man. And I'm glad we had him on. He's he's got a good. He's got a hell of a person. He's got to do more of these podcasts. He's got a great personality. Great personality. Great speaker for yeah. his age. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very mature for stories. his age. Yeah, he's he's uh he's got to do more of these podcasts. He should have he should have a bigger following than he does yeah. on social media. If you're listening to this cat, go follow. He smashes records. 
you know, world champion, just gets at it, no excuses, positive, bodied up. You know, dudes follow dudes, like a guy like Dan Green, uh, Larry Wheels, you know, you, you want to, like, he's strong, looks the part, yep. you know what I mean? And um, charismatic, he doesn't, he, he should have 100,000 followers, you know, but um, yeah, we'll do our part, man. That's why we have these guys on to, to let people know. So if you're listening to this, you're like, ah, shit, that's a good guy. Now, you, now you're more invested when you watch him. When you watch him train leading into worlds. Oh, 100%. I, I, I mean, get more that's... invested in these people. Once I, it's hard to, if you don't, I understand. If if it's a sport and I don't know anybody, I, it's hard for me to get emotionally invested. So that's why I try my best to um, bring people on so people can get a little more emotionally invested. When when the worlds or any any competition where profiling rolls around, like I, I myself at times have been like, now I want to watch that or at the very least catch up on how does so-and-so do. Even if, if it's not IPF Worlds, it's a different meet. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually getting interested. No, I do the same thing. And I mean, there's a lot of people that I follow or that I've talked to now on this podcast where I might not watch them on the live cast day of, but you know I'm going to go back and check and see, hey, how did they do? Yeah, like like when yeah. Julius uh, maddox Kimoni. Exactly. You're just like, man, now, now I'm in. Now you got me. I'm invested now. I'm emotionally yep. invested on your journey. I want to see this. Um, and even rivalries. Some, t- some people were unaware of certain rivalries because they're... Their counterparts aren't English speaking like Glackick. I wish he was. And if we can get a Russian interpreter, I'll have Glackick on here. I'll try to arrange that uh, for sure. Because Glackick, we talk about him here, um, and, you know, cutting in front of him in line. You know, he's got his own size. So he's probably yeah. a funny guy, good guy too. Oh, but no doubt, it, no doubt about it's it. It's not a, it's not a no. Rocky versus uh, no. Ivan Drago sort of situation. Well, even, even though we, Ivan, even though we even, play it out that way. No, but like even Ivan Drago, like when you're on the other side, though, they're heroes on their yep. side. They're um, but it's good. It's good to like, you know, get to know their personalities and see them, uh, go head to head like that. And, um, it's, it's good that he, they got each other in a so close and uh, the whole Mr. Perfect, it almost created a mystique around him because he wasn't, wasn't English speaking. So there's a barrier there to get to know him. So you, and if all you knew of him was he was, he was coming from Russia. He never misses a fucking lift at the world's two time world champion. And the lang- the almost the language barrier keeps it perfect, yep. Mister Perfect. So even if if it you got it. if you got him on here, and he said, "Fuck, I you know I get nervous before the big meets. I I, I hang around my friends, and I'm it almost breaks the mystique." I was gonna say it breaks the mystique up a little. Yeah. bit. it breaks that image that everyone's got in their mind. Whereas the Mister Perfect, you know, like you almost think ice runs through his veins. He's so fucking he's calm, cool, collected. You're not gonna rattle him for shit. He might have fucking not even realized the whole cut in front. So early might not, it might not have even, he might even thinking twice about it. He's just like, yeah. what? Oh shit, I didn't know. I'm just, yeah, I'm just it, in the zone and I see this and I got to get this done. Could, I'm like that yeah, when you're it, cutting weight. I was going to say, it could just be the guy was so dehydrated that he was completely just not even paying attention. And Dude, when I'm, dehydrated, when I'm dehydrated, I'm just fucking, when I'm before meat, just trying to go through the paces. But it, but it, it adds to the mystique though, almost a little. Um... But at some point, yeah, I would like to get some. Like, that's the biggest hurdle we've had is getting people um, non-English speaking on here and trying to get interpreters. One time we got Iran's strongest man, who's also Asia's strongest man, who's going to the world's strongest man competition. And um, we got an interpreter. And he was talking about being in Iran. And they had like, like in Iran, and when he won Asia's strongest man, he's going to the world's strongest man competition. 
in Iran, they see him as like a seriously like a superhero. He showed up when there's a massive earthquake and whole villages were leveled. He showed up with a fucking truck full of supplies that he purchased himself with sponsors. He organized himself, started throwing supplies at the back of the truck to people, and the people in the villages came running out. And then he would walk around the villages and these little kids running up to him like, that's the man who pulls planes, flip cars, like and these are kids who like they don't have access to internet or nothing. He's literally a comic book guy who showed yeah. up. I want to do more of that. It's not that, you know, I get it. It's just, it's tough logistically reaching out. You know, we talked in 93 Kilo podcast, Anatoly from Ukraine. I reached out and said, I wanted you on. I don't speak English. Do you have a friend who speaks English? I don't. It's like, ah, he's like, I would love to. It's not that they don't want yeah. to. It's, it's tough. You know, it's tough. But um, we'll try our best, man. And anyone listening who, who might know Russian or might know Ukrainian. Yeah, or anybody can help out. Reach out. Reach out because there is there is a bit of a barrier, and I know they got. I want to. What's it like growing up in Russia? What's the powerlifting scene, weightlifting? What's sports like in Russia? I you like let's break these walls down. I want to hear about it because these guys are going to be guys just like we just you find out about Charles and you're like, God damn, he's a hard guy not to like. There are people over there that aren't getting the exposure they should get. Um, yeah. And uh, and I want to correct that if possible. We want to correct that if possible. But anyways, as usual, um, thank you for listening. Quick shout out to our promo code. Oh, I fucked that up. I should have done that off the top and a couple times throughout. This is new. But if you go to fusionmuscle.com, put in K-O-T-L 25 as our promo code. 25% off all supplements. Who the fuck is a powerlifter and doesn't use supplements? Never met him. Um, He he ain't going far. Paul's pointing at himself. Yeah, and Uh, and he's not going far either. (laughs) Well, I got news for you, Paul. You're about to make it, young man. Um, but 25% off all supplements and we're talking, they got it all. What do you want? Pre-workout, uh, creatine, whatever the shit. They got it. Okay. So go to fusionmuscle.com, KOTL 25 and tell them six sent you. And by all means, when you hear this, repost it, give guys like Charles the, the credit, the exposure they deserve. The guy's an amazing guy, amazing lifter. He deserves it. From Six Pack Lapidat and Paul Moranzan underscore lifts. Peace.